warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 332. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Joker here, the clown prince of crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No Jake this week. Jake um, had to take the week off. He's going through some things right now. Had to put um, his cat Pinky to sleep, so send him some well wishes. But Jake, you will be missed this week. But I do have... Uh, what if it was just me this week? Oh my God. Dan, can you imagine that if it was just an episode with me? Oh my god, what a fucking nightmare that would be, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> oh my depends, god. <laughs> depends what you have to talk about. I know, oh, shit. What are you, just did a regular episode. Me. Yeah, no, it would definitely be interesting. Oh god, it would fucking <laughs> suck. It would fucking suck. <laughs> Me trying to laugh at all my dumb shit. <laughs> Yeah, and just like just reading synopsis and going, ah, it was crap. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> La- <laughs> Not expanding on any points whatsoever. <laughs> laughing about the latest episode of Family Matters I watched by myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. How you doing, man? Good to have you. Yeah, oh, you you kind of slightly ruined my intro slightly because I was going to start with the hey bitch again, but oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got I'm keeping you on your toes this week. I'm not letting you do what you want to do. I'm taking you out of your element. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm okay. You know, as everyone is staying indoors as much as possible. Got a lot of uh, high risk people in my family, so I have to be super careful. Um, yeah, you know virus Woo-hoo. i know man jesus christ it's ridiculous man it's I, I, I don't i don't think it just the more we deeper we get into this shit 
the more I think things will never get back to normal. Yeah, I think we're going to be looking at a very different world after we're done with all of this. But I mean, I've been sort of keeping up to date with the UK numbers and stuff, and we're on like the downtrend now. So my numbers are going down steadily, which is really good. And yeah. um, the Prime Minister's going to be making an announcement on Monday or something about whether or not we can start to relax the lockdown, which would be great because, you know, my parents and my brother haven't seen Beatrix for what fucking two months now yeah <laughs> so, yeah so yeah and we're just killing them i'm not gonna lie <laughs> like, like you know not being able to see their granddaughter so yeah it's uh yeah it sucks but i mean everyone's got to stick to it got to stay in do what you can because if even if you're healthy and young and all the rest of it you know you might have friends or family or friends with family that you know might not be so uh so ready to cope with it and for god you know i mean the last thing you want is to sort of just go oh yeah well, let's have a barbecue get on my friends round, and then someone's fucking grandparent ends up dying because you know you weren't thinking straight so i mean yeah. just to hope that everybody you know adheres to the rules and does their best yeah i hope that beef brisket was really fucking good grandma's dead <laughs> yeah, precisely <laughs> well hey june here you giggling back there. Welcome, June. Hi. How are you guys? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of morbid and really funny. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to go morbid. Sometimes you got to, go, or all the time. In my case, you know. So I don't know, June. It's I'm, we're happy to have you on. I am so glad um, to do this. Uh, I really appreciate. It. I'm glad to say thank you now. And Ryan, you say it every episode. So it's terrible, and I don't care how bad you think it is i know i will have a good time i really needed this um i've been working from home for about a month and a half now being sheltered in place and a couple weeks ago kind of hit my limit um and uh just you know just kind of feeling really claustrophobic and you know i just i needed a really a a good mental pick-me-up and i feel like this is it i'm call i'm calling it now halfway through the fucking episode you're gonna log off and start doing work again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, oh. you know, like fuck this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna get on Microsoft Word and do something. I don't know. <laughs> Microsoft no, I Word. I I'm glad to uh, to do this. So thank you so much. This is. I, I definitely need this. Absolutely. Yeah, we're happy to do this for the half of our audience that stuck around. So yeah, downloads are down. <laughs> oh god, coronavirus has killed our downloads. Downloads are down. But like, yeah, it's really? Oh, totally. Totally. You think that they'd be up, man. But who the fuck is like spending 5 hours at home listening to this shit? People listen to this on the road, man, when they're, you know, on the subway or they're doing their job or whatever, if they're out and about, they they don't want to listen to this shit when they're at home. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you know, I suppose you're right. Like, you know, being at work and whatever, just sort of like stick on the podcast for the whole day. And you've got like a day of stuff to listen to. So yeah, no, it makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. Fingers crossed it all fuck off and we can get back to normal. I think everybody's watching Quibi. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I have not. I haven't watched a single thing. I So I did like the download, the 90 day, like if you went ahead and like pre-downloaded the app. And I did that, and I have not watched a single thing on it. Yeah, I, I, I watched a little bit this week that I'll talk about. They dropped a show that had me had me interested. I'll talk about that. Good pop, bad pop. A little tease there. I'm sure. I'm sure our downloads are gonna. <laughs> downloads are gonna they're gonna spike now with that fucking quibby tease. Um, but uh, yeah, no iTunes reviews this week. 
Uh, I like to save those for Jake. And we didn't get any. So thanks a fuck ton, everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to be a first for a long time. It's a re- Well, it's not really. It's a reflection of how good the podcast is these days, Dan. Oh, okay. Shit. Sorry. It's, a re- it's <laughs> no. It, it, it's, it's like this podcast, there's ebbs and flows. And right now we're in uh, – we're in an ebb. Is that something that people say? I'm in an ebb. Don't know. I've never ever heard anyone say that ever. Really, June? Have yeah. you ever heard somebody say ebbs and flows? I mean, not a lot. I mean, I think on occasion. I you normally read it in like articles and like news articles, but not just everyday conversation. Well, you fuck can start you that too. back up though. That could be a thing. Like you can get that going again. Ah, fuck both of you. <laughs> no, I'm not being really sincere. You guys know. No, you guys I, have I, just fucking put an ebb on my whole fucking. <laughs> well, fucking I was going to say, I've heard that ebb and flow thing before, but I've never seen seen a friend and I've gone, "How are you doing?" And they go, oh, "I'm having a bit of an ebb," or "Hey, yeah, things are great. I'm having a bit of a flow." It's like, <laughs> you know, that's not. I've never heard that before. Well, fuck you. Oh, well, fine. You guys. <laughs> you. you, you yeah. <laughs> I'm not offended. I don't give a fuck. I never, I never say it either. I don't know. I'm, I'm just showing off. <laughs> anyway, thanks for no iTunes reviews this week. Really, really made me feel loved. I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody was fucking getting ready to write one. They got COVID and died mid fucking sentence. They're, they're getting ready to fucking type out three exclamation points. They only got two out and they're dead. Ouch. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, morbid humor, morbid humor. That's it. Uh, can I just say very quickly, man? Like on a sort of like serious but kind of more upbeat note, I just yeah. want to say thank you to the army members. Anyone's listening to this, you know, if you're a new listener, not like they're going to be a new listener, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> not, not likely. <laughs> yeah, any any army any army members out there that. If you're still at work and you're a key worker, whether you're working for like health service, if you know, doctor, nurse, uh, if you're stacking shelves at a supermarket, if you're serving people food, anything like that, me from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you because you guys are keeping the countries, all the countries all over the world, you guys are keeping the countries running. It's not people like me that are staying at home and, you know, like looking after my kid and whatever. It's, it's all you guys that are sort of you're still there. People like Rebecca, like Nana, like Luther, like Larry, you know, uh, Basil, you guys are just, man, it's, I mean, you're, you, you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself in harm's way to keep this machine going. And I just want to say personally, thank you very much. And I'm going to get it on record that if I'm ever with any of you, You'll never have to pay for another drink or meal again your entire life. If we're out in a restaurant, if we're out in a bar, if you want a drink or a food or whatever, and I'm there, just go, hey, Dan, I want a beer. And I go, okay, and that's on me. Because, oh, man, just, ah, you're just all heroes, all of you. Don't, don't care what you do. Don't care what you do. It's just, as long as if you're working and you're a key worker, thank you so damn much. That's awesome, man. I was uh, I was at a house the other day. I, I'm still working and I'm still out and about and and um, I you know go to people's homes and things like that. But I'm, I'm not knocking on doors. I'm doing a service at their home and I'm you know I'm social distance from from the people that uh, that I do the service for. Um, but I saw like they had a box out in front of the house that said if you're like a uh, you know, if you're, you're a FedEx driver, a mail carrier or something like that. And they had a box with like snacks in it and it said, take a free snack. That's I was, awesome. I was like, that's really exactly. cool. That's really cool. That yeah. is cool. 
Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's just good to hear stories like that because have y'all heard like people who do like um, who deliver for like Instacart and ships, like the grocery delivery services, like. I guess on one end of those apps, you can tip beforehand. And what people are doing is they are tipping like a large amount because they want to get their groceries faster. And then you can change your tip after the delivery. And oh, like, no. people are, and people are like zeroing out like the tip. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, it's like terrible. really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Wow. <laughs> that's a bullshit right there. Wow. You're yeah. Huge piece of shit if you're doing that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I I, 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 uh, I have been watching Family Matters. Uh, most recent episode that I, <laughs> most most recent episode that I watched was an episode where uh, Laura had the hots for this guy, and he's an athletic guy, cool guy, and uh, kind of picks on Urkel in the gym in the gym class. And Urkel can't climb the the rope, uh, you know, where you climb that rope and then you go all the way up and you ding the bell. Urkel can't climb it; doesn't have the body strength to do it. So, uh, Urkel makes, uh, doesn't like this guy, tells, tells the guy, he's like, I'll bet you that I can come back in two days and beat you up that fucking rope. And, uh, the loser cannot spend time with Laura ever again. So stakes are huge here. Stakes are huge. Mm-hmm. And so Laura, Laura talks to Urkel and she says, you know, you know, I like, I like, I like guys with brains and then like Urkel gets all excited. But you know, she's like, you know, but, uh, you know, she doesn't like Urkel. But anyway, she's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how that goes. But anyway, so two days later come back and they come back and the guy climbs up the fucking rope, gets up there in like five seconds, stings that fucking bell. Wow. Everybody's like, be new record, new record for this guy, his own personal record. Urkel fucking. He shows up late, and then he's wearing a fucking, I'm not kidding you, wearing a jetpack. Wearing a fucking jetpack with a helmet on. Oh, God. And then, and then he hits like a button on the jetpack like he's goddamn Boba Fett of the Rocketeer, and then goes flying up, dings that bell in three seconds. Beats this motherfucker. This guy has to walk out of the gym. It was fucking beautiful. And at the end of the episode, he's in the Winslow family home. Hits the button and goes flying through the roof. The same roof that Carl and Eddie just fixed because it had a fucking hole in it. <laughs> oh, the hilarity there. But uh, fucking flies <laughs> up through the roof, destroys the roof again. And he's flying, taking a shot, a fucking shot of Chicago. And he's flying all over the city. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. This show's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking amazing, though. I'll tell you that much. Wait, so what season are you in now? I'm in season three. I, I can't remember. My favorite Family Matters episode was more Laura makes the cheerleading squad. But because she's like a newbie, they won't like the squad won't listen to her. And then um, she basically takes it upon herself to like make up this really cool cheer and shows the other cheerleaders what's up. I always I like know. it. I always like it in the in the sitcoms where somebody like is at the bowling alley and they like like stub their toe with the bowling ball and they start jumping around and then like they create a new dance and everybody starts doing it. Like, <laughs> that's always my favorite. Like, like everybody thinks it's a fucking dance and then they all start doing it. <laughs> Have you ever seen that happen? Like in real life? That's never happened in real life. What if, what if somebody, what if some guy goes into like a fucking like, uh, 
an epileptic seizure. And, so, and then they're like, oh, check out this new dance. And, uh, <laughs> like this, this guy's swallowing his tongue about ready to die. And they're all fucking thinking it's a dance and shit. <laughs> the siege and they call it the siege. Do the siege. The seizure. Yeah, do the seizure. <laughs> anyway, got an email, got an email from, uh, got an email from somebody. It goes on to say, hello, greetings. I know that you probably receive a bulk of emails every day from the readers of your blog talk about arts, so I'll keep it simple and short. I see that you publish some really good contents about the topic of swords. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, every, every week. All the time. I am writing a well-researched blog post on the topic of swords, which might be a great addition to your blog. Topic, are there any methods you should pay attention to practice with the katana? How about the actual combat ability of the katana? Myths about samurai and Japanese swords. Famous swords changed world history. Do you mind if I send you the unique and unpublished draft to publish on your blog? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks and regards. Toy Thomas. Boy, does Toy Thomas know our podcast or what, Dan? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, talking about, like, you know, the underhanded technique and things like that that they used to use in medieval times and stuff. That's not very good. Just don't, uh, don't use it. Use overhand every time. Two hands. That's what you got to do. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's all over it. What the fuck? Swords. When have we ever talked about swords? Like, like, like lightsabers? I think that's about it. I, I, oh, yeah, maybe but, The Witcher? Apart from that. Yeah, but we're not like doing blogs about swords. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird the like, shit that you fucking get in these emails <laughs> for the podcast. It's fucking weird. Um, so yeah, that our, that fucking email was weird. Um, cause nobody else sent any other fucking emails. So thanks for that. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I, uh, Business Insider saw this article on Business Insider, and they have the top 19 TV shows people have started watching while social distancing. And I'm, I'm going to give you the top 10. I'm, you know what? Bonus points to one of you if you can guess any one of these shows in the top three. Hmm. I'm going to say Friends. Um, I'm going to say ugh, Parks and Rec. Okay. Uh, Parks and Rec made it at 13. Mm. And Friends is not in here because it's taken off of Netflix. They're waiting to put that one on HBO Max. That's oh, right. Shit. That's right. It get, would be up there, though. I guarantee if it was still on Netflix, it'd be up there. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. Well, how about, how about Tiger King then? Tiger King? Let's, okay. Let me give you the list here. Let me give you the list here. Number 10 is The Walking Dead. Number 9. Mm-hmm is Stranger Things. Number eight is The Good Place. Number seven, The Office. Number six, Better Call Saul. Number five, Westworld. Number four, Game of Thrones. Number three, Breaking Bad. Number two, Tiger King. Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. On your second guess there, but anyway. Um, <laughs> any hey, any guesses? Any guesses? Any final guesses to the number one? This is a shocker to me. <sighs> I haven't got a clue. They, Modern they, Family. They, they recently came out with a new season, so I guess people are going back catching up. Oh God! I can't, oh. Um. Yeah, five seconds. Five. 
I have no idea. I have no idea. I have nothing. Three, two, one. It's uh, Ozark on Netflix. Oh. Ah. There you go. There you go. There's your fucking list. I was surprised by Ozark. Jason Bateman. Laura yeah, because you already said Westworld. I was going to say Westworld, but I was like, no, he already said that one. So, yeah, and then I would. Have you watched series three yet of that or not? Uh, Ozark, no. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. I heard. I heard it's amazing. I've heard it's amazing. It's just trying to keep up with all the new stuff and then still going to work. It's just like definitely one of these things that I'm going to have to. I haven't even watched a single fucking episode of single uh, of Westworld season three. No, I tried. And then got bored within half an hour because they're not in Westworld anymore. Yeah. So I am like, a little, uh, yeah, on that season three. Um, I not, heard the finale is not good. Yeah, I've not heard good things. <laughs> I, um, and I haven't, wa- I've watched two, the first two episodes of Devs and I haven't gotten back to Devs. There's I, a lot of comparison between that and, uh, Westworld season three, like, a lot of people are, yeah. Like it, people keep people keep making comparisons. So I haven't seen Debs, but um, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons between the two. Yeah, first of all, it's really good. I love Alex Garland, so I'm gonna get back on it eventually. Did watch yeah. the uh, season finale of Dave, and I fucking love this show. Mm, so hasn't good. that been confirmed for season two already as well? I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. I think I saw it on Twitter a couple of days ago and uh, someone <laughs> didn't know what the fuck it was and someone obviously from the UK said can we get season one in the UK first please <laughs> so it's I, like that's crazy. we don't know what the hell it is that's crazy that you don't have access to it Hulu it has it but it's also on FX do you guys, that's what I thought yeah do you guys have what we do in the shadows over there uh, what the new one the TV series yeah uh, I think it's on Netflix I haven't, I, I haven't finished season one and I haven't started season two, natural, of course, but Mark Hamill is gonna be a guest, uh, appearance on this season. Oh, I, I saw great. the picture. I, I know, picture. He, he looks amazing and he's gonna be a fucking vampire. I gotta fucking, like that right there was just enough for me to be like, dude, you gotta get caught up on this show. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was, the outfit is so damn good. I, so, yeah, I should definitely check it out. Are you bored during this coronavirus? Are you looking for some people to talk to while you're social distancing? You should join the PCL Discord. What's Discord, you ask? I say Google the fuck out of it. Then you'll find out. It's like a little chat thing. It's an app you can download. It's called Discord. And there's a PCL Discord. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. These links are only good for a certain amount of time. So if you don't click on the link really quickly it'll go away and you'll never be able to join just kidding just send me an email brian at pop culture leftovers <laughs> just send me an email brian at pop culture leftovers.com and i'll send you a new link if you didn't get this in time and you can join the pcl discord and you can talk with all the other people that are in the pcl discord that's cool who's running that i guess i am oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm in it i'm in it i'm, I'm like the guy so, you know, and I, I read every, everybody in there is very cool. Everybody, like, no assholes. Like, this is like, I'm not at the point where it was like on Facebook where it's like, God, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you and Frank left on the same fucking day. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Like I like I, I, I didn't join up like when it first started and then I thought, oh, I'll try this out. Maybe you know and then I was like, Ah, fuck this, I'm out. No, uh, don't forget, dude, you do have the kill switch. I did give it to you. Oh, that's true. I could blow this thing up. <laughs> you literally could. You have the red, big red button. <laughs> I just watched Ready Player One today, and you basically have the fucking red button that just destroys the Oasis. Oh, that's awesome. The power. The power. I don't even have That would be amazing, Brian, if you did have, like, three buttons, like, just on your desk, and it was, like, leftover army page on facebook like twitter <laughs> oh yeah and, like instagram and like you could just be like boom done that'd be great if everybody just got like a graphic a graphic on their phone of like uh that building at the end of uh a fight club where it just fucking blows up yeah. And the yes. build, and the building has the PCL logo on it, and you just yes. see it, yeah. you, you just see it and then, crashing, and then you just hear the Pixies. Where is my mind playing in the background? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, so we all stand on a bridge and just overlook yeah. the area. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gone, fuck nuts. There you go. That's what you did. <laughs> Let's uh, <sighs> jump into good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Yeah, all right. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the <coughs> pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Yeah, I coughed. Fucking deal with it. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, drink- I'm drinking beer this week, if you guys are curious. I'm drinking the Stella this week. Last week it was the pineapple margarita. This week it's the Stella. So it's beer this week. Uh, anyway, um, if you're looking for something to, let's say you've watched everything, or you're just looking for something to like, I don't know, you can turn your brain off and just have fun with something. Uh, there, this, it's a show that I used to watch years ago, over a decade ago on G4. And, I was like, oh my God, what was the name of that show? And I had to Google the description, found it. And I was like, I wonder if they're playing this anywhere. And they are. And it's called Unbeatable Banzuke. Have any of you watched this before? No. No, but it sounds like Takeshi's Castle. Mm, It, okay, yeah, Takeshi's Castle or MXC. Um, it's, but this was, um, it was also known by the name of uh, Kaniku Banzuki, which means muscle ranking. It's a, it's a Japanese athletic game show in which competitors are challenged in one of nearly two dozen events, all for the honor of adding their name to the list of champions, the Banzuki. Uh, it's uh, kind of like Ninja Warrior. Um, it was shown in the U.S. on G4 TV, and it is a fucking blast. I fucking love this show i've been going through and watching the episodes i think i'm like on episode four right now so it's not like i'm watching it like all the time but it's just it's been a nice 
watch and just late at night when i'm getting ready to go to bed i just i don't want anything too heavy they do these challenges and these are like people that like are the best in the world at certain things um they do a hand walk where people are literally walking on their hands through like this obstacle course they have to like walk on their hands over these bars and then there's like these walls that you have to climb up. Like one is, uh, like a wall where it's like, they call it the craggy wall and it's got like different platforms on it that you have to put your hands on. Then there's like this steep fucking climb. It's just like a slope that goes up and you have to climb up on your hands. This is all in your fucking hands. This it's, it's, it's an incredible fucking thing. Like these guys are like gymnasts and things like that. It's incredible to watch. There's a, a pogo stick maze. Uh, there's a, they've got something called quick muscle where you have to do push ups like really fast. You're not going all the way down. These are just kind of like your shoulders and arms going up and down. And like you'll see these guys do like 250 fucking push ups within like, I don't know. What is it? What do they give them? Like four minutes or something crazy. Um, they've got like a stilt walk that they do. So they're on stilts and they have to go through like this maze and they have to, it, they, they're walking on a bridge that's moving back and forth. And then there's parts of this maze where like these mallets are swinging back and forth. Like it's fucking Indiana Jones and shit. And you got to dodge like fucking axes and shit. And they got to, they got to do this all on stilts. Um, there's unicycle mazes. They've got one called Super Daruma. And it's this uh, seven blocks. Oh, Super Daruma's nine. But uh, they have Daruma, which is Daruma seven, which is like these <clears throat> round blocks. And they're sitting uh, with a Daruma that's sitting on the top. And the contestants use like these mallets to whack the block out at the bottom without knocking the Daruma statue off of the top. And so they have to knock each block out until it's just left with the Daruma. It, it, I don't know. I fucking love this show. It's on Daily Motion. So if you just Google Unbeatable Banzuki Daily Motion, you can watch all the episodes there. And it is a fucking blast. If you like Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior, uh, Takeshi's Castle, all that kind of stuff, you're going to fucking love this show. I fucking, I, it's been a blast to watch. That's crazy, man. I'm just looking it up on Google, and we, the person that like narrated it for us was was Brian Blessed. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, he's like the, that like big beard. He's the, like Hawkman out of Flash Gordon. Oh, okay, okay. And that big sort of like thespian with a big fucking booming voice, but he's <laughs> right. dressed in a he's dressed in an all red samurai outfit in our version so yeah interesting it looks cool it does look really cool Dude, I love that hammer one that you were just talking about at the end that looks really cool the hammer the blocks one, get bigger yeah as they're knocking the blocks out so fuck that's crazy yeah it's it's a fun show like I highly recommend this one and you can watch it for free I've just been watching it on my PC and I highly recommend it it's my favorite is I think like I love the unicycle one. I love the hand walk. They also have like one where like uh people are using remote control like helicopters and they got to fly them through mazes and stuff. So it's literally everything. They do uh, they do uh over a dozen challenges. It's crazy. 
So it's not just for like the super athletic, but it's for like people with really good coordination yeah. and things like that as well. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. I'm still watching Run on HBO, uh, the Donald Gleason show. Um, I'm loving it. I, four episodes came in, I, four episodes are out. And I think like if, I think once you get to the fourth episode, you're kind of hooked. And I am, I was kind of hooked on the third episode. But I think like that fourth episode was kind of like, that was the nail in the fucking coffin for me. Like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to continue to watch this one. I love it. So, um, I watched a movie this week called, uh, Abe and I saw it on Hoopla. Um, you can watch it on video on demand on Amazon, Apple, Voodoo, and it's like three ninety nine to rent. Abe is a 12 year old half Israeli and half Palestinian kid from Brooklyn driven by his passion for food who has never had a dinner without a family fight. Uh, Abe escapes from a stupid summer cooking camp and is mentored by the uh, Brazilian chef Chico, who specializes in serving fusion food at pop-up food fairs. One side of the family prefers to call him Avraham uh, in Hebrew, the other side Ibrahim in Arab, uh, while his agnostic atheist parents call him Abraham in English, but he prefers Abe, just Abe. Uh, directed by Fernando Grostein Andrada, uh, and this is just like, you think it's like, it's like, like it's a kid's movie, but like there is, it, there are very adult themes that happen within this movie. Um, this kid has a passion for food. I think anybody that likes the movie chef is absolutely going to love this movie. It's like he's mentored, he's being mentored by this, uh, Brazilian chef Chico, who's like doing like fusion from like his country, but like fusing it with other foods from all over the world. And, uh, it, it's just really incredible to see like, you know, all the food that they make in this. What's also awesome about this is like, uh, there's a lot of drama in this because like half of his family is Israeli and the other half is, uh, Palestinian Muslim. And so they, when they get together for like Thanksgiving, they get into some fights, some, some big time fights. And, um, this kid just wants his family to get along and things just keep falling apart. Uh, and what's kind of crazy about this is like you've got a kid who's like fusing, doing like this fusion with the food and bringing all these food and flavors together, but he just can't bring his family together. Um, I love this movie. It is an absolute Tupperware. It's so charming. It's got so much heart. Uh, you fall in love with this kid. You fall in love with the relationship that he has with the people at the, at the pop-up restaurant. Um, the, and and um, I'm telling you, it's 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 a fun emotional ride. I I really really enjoyed this one. I I don't know. I I think it I think it's good for. I think teenagers could watch this. Teenagers on up. Um, it's an absolute Tupperware from me. I, I think that you both would love this movie. It's got elements of chef in it, and and uh, you know, I was recently watched that Rami, which is which was uh, you know like the the Muslim comedy, and it had like little bits of elements of that. And uh, I, I highly recommend Abe if you have. Oh, it's some um, Noah Schnapp, the uh, Will from Stranger Things. Things. Oh yeah, that's why he looks so fucking familiar. <laughs> He's just so much older now. Yeah, he's so much older. And he doesn't have that stupid bowl haircut either. Uh, he was. You no, know, he's such a cute kid. Like, yeah. I saw, I saw an interview with him, like, in between seasons, and he had regular hair, like, not that bowl cut. And I was like, oh, he's such a cute kid without the terrible, like, 
wig. I assume that's the wig that they put on in the regular seasons. But yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. Ah, uh, this is a really great movie. I loved it. It's definitely worth four bucks if you're stuck at home and looking for something to watch. It's worth four bucks to rent. So, yeah, it's called Abe. It's on Hoopla. You can watch it for free on Hoopla if your library has a deal with um, uh, with them. Um, it, a lot, you can go to Hoopla.com and check and see if your library offers this. They get new movies super quick. It's crazy. Uh, Abe was just recently released on Video On Demand like two weeks ago, and now it's on Hoopla. So, um I highly recommend this one. I fucking loved it. Uh, I saw Reno 911 on Quibi. So yeah, here's my Quibi tease. I watched the, uh, did, did either of you watch Reno 911 on Comedy Central? Fuck no. I didn't either. I was a fan of The State, which has the same guys in it, but yeah. I never got into Reno 911. Oh, I love The State, and I loved Reno 911. I think it's hilarious. And so I watched this. First three episodes are okay. I'm not going to get into this too much, to be quite honest with you. These are six-minute episodes of Reno 911. Um, the fourth episode uh, was fucking hilarious. So it, these, they're kind of hit and miss with this. Uh, at the end of each episode, they do kind of like a funny public service announcement but, um, yeah, I'll give it a taste it overall with a Tupperware for the fourth episode. And I think five or six episodes are out now. So that's Reno 911 on Quibi. So if you have Quibi. Um, so is that a remake? Is no. that like a remake or like a continuation? It's a continuation. They've got all the cast back. Yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't realize that. when I said fuck no, I just meant fuck no, I don't have anything on Quibi because I will never get Quibi. Yeah. So that's, I'm not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was a show previously, so I'm getting oh, the Quibi. Wow, I'm crazy. getting Quibi free for 90 days, and after the 90 days is up, I am done with Quibi. It is definitely not worth it, and they're not. Yeah, and they're not selling subscriptions. Like they're, it's not doing well. Um, they're definitely going to take a loss, and I don't know if it would have been. I mean, it might have been better if this coronavirus didn't happen but you're right when people are like if people were actually having to commute using public transportation or at work you know during your lunch break and you go sit outside or whatever and you can watch like a thing during your lunch break but if you're sitting at home i would much rather watch something on on my actual big screen yeah yeah than my phone well i mean they are going to be making a quibi app for like i guess roku's and fire sticks and stuff like that but it's not available yet. So even then, it's like, I, I, I mean, there's not a lot on there that I feel like is a must watch. So after my 90 days is up, unless they get something that's like, you got to watch, this is the next fucking Game of Thrones, this is the next whatever, uh, Breaking Bad, I'm not, I'm out. I'm out on Quibi. There's really nothing there. So, yeah. Yeah, so much hype as well and like so many amazing names attached to it. Guillermo del Toro and Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, oh. It's crazy. Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. 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 And it's just, just no one's, no one's getting into it. I watched, Weird. I watched The Lodge today. I didn't even realize that it was out. This was a movie that was supposed to have a theatrical release. It's a, it's a horror movie, a psychological thriller. Uh, a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations finally begin to thaw between the trio, strange and frightening events threaten to summon psychological demons from her strict religious childhood. It's directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Fra- 
Johns. Uh, these two are Australian. Uh, they're, they're a filmmaking duo, so they make movies together. And um, they did a movie called uh, Good Night Mommy in 2014. It was a... Oh, uh, yeah. German that film, <laughs> German language psychological horror. Did you watch it? No, I didn't fucking watch it. <laughs> it looked terrible. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this this uh, this stars Riley uh, Keogh, uh, Jaden Martell. He's the kid in uh, defending Jacob. Leah McHugh. Uh, Leah McHugh is the young daughter in this, and she's going to be in the new Eternals movie. I don't know who she's playing. Uh, Alicia Silverstone's in this, and then Richard Armitage. Uh, Starts out with, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, if you, if you, if you're wanting to watch this movie, you don't want to hear like any spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I'm going to, I'm going to set it up here a little bit. Uh, the beginning of the movie, you've got, uh, you know, a mom driving her kids to, you know, uh, her ex-husband. Well, not her ex-husbands. They're, they're separated and he's wanting a divorce. And he basically, when she meets him, uh, again at, at, at the house, she, he's telling her, you know, that, uh, he wants to get a divorce. He's seeing this new woman. It's getting serious, very serious. And they're actually planning on getting married in September. And her face just kind of like drops for a moment. Cause she's still very much kind of like in love with him. You can, you can tell that Alicia Silverstone's character wants to be with him. Her face just kind of drops. And then she puts on a fake smile and then kind of like, you know, says, okay, all right. And then walks away. Uh, next scene, we see Alicia Silverstone in the dining room by herself. She pulls a gun out of like a, a purse or something and then just fucking shoots herself, puts a gun in her mouth and shoots herself. And you see blood fly on the back of the fucking wall and shit. And you're just like, what the fuck? And then the kids, of course, you know, they show the funeral. The kids, of course, resent this new woman because they believe that she is the cause of like their, their mother's, you know, suicide. Mm. And so like the dad though, is just, it's like business as usual with dad. Like, Oh, he's got his new lady. <laughs> and I've, I've watched two YouTube reviews about this film. I, I, I just, I obviously blanked it from my mind and both of these people, I do respect their opinion, absolutely destroyed this film. So I'm really <laughs> interested to see what you think. Well, it's like, it's like dad, dad just goes about like, hey, let's just go on a fucking, you know, she really wants to meet you. Let's, let's go <laughs> on, a, on a vacation. Let's go on like, a, that's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> let's go to the fucking lodge and fucking spend a weekend in the lodge. And so here's the thing. Um, this woman's got to seek like a past. He was writing a book about cults and mm -hmm. apparently through his research meets this woman who is like when she was in this cult, this cult of 39 people or whatever, they fucking killed themselves and she was the only survivor. Like, I don't know if they fucking drank the Kool-Aid or whatever the fuck, but she's the only survivor. And so she's got like, but she's been taking medication and getting therapy and she's supposed to be better. And so... A lot of this movie is like, what is happening here? What is going on? Uh, some things have like, so they get to the lodge. Things happen with the dad's business. He's got to leave. So he leaves his fucking kids with this fucking woman oh, that they God. hate. And so now you've got, now you've got all these things going on. You've got all these things going on. The, the power goes out. And so here it is. Here's the, here's the big setup is like, is this, 
is this is this the kids doing this to fuck with her? Is she fucking hearing voices and seeing shit because uh, she's off her medication? Because or 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 is there some kind of like demonic presence in the house? Is this all legit? There's this movie gets fucking wow. crazy and wild. Dan, I'll be honest with you, it really held my attention the whole time. Whether it's oh a, yeah, I bet. whether just, it's, it's just yeah. the kind of the like the if you can suspend your disbelief that much then you might enjoy it but like you said like the dad just like oh yeah we'll go out to the lodge like right after my wife it's suicide and now i'm gonna leave you with this ex-cultist because he knows that she's an ex-cultist right yeah but but here she's in her crazy too he's a researcher you do not date your like people you're researching like that's like like journalism you don't date the person that you're doing the story sure about. Yeah. yeah we can we can poke holes in his judgment all day <laughs> like he is like, not he just sounds like the dad's an idiot so he's not oh, he's a total idiot but like basically he's like the guy that makes this whole movie happen so we have yeah. we have to have him um <laughs> lots of bad choices by the dad in this movie <laughs> tons of bad choices but i'll be honest with you like this movie held my attention the whole time wasn't like a huge fan of the ending but oh my god like lessons were learned <laughs> in this movie uh yeah yeah uh i i'm going to i'll be honest with you um i'm going to give it a high taste it uh i don't, i think it's because the the ending didn't I, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending but on the flip side man i was 100% invested in this movie and even though <laughs> i know that the story has many plot like not, i'm not even plot holes just problems like how did we get here i like how did we get here like how did we get to this fucking dad dating this woman and, uh, you know, how did we get here? Whatever. Throwing all that out. Don't give a yeah. fuck. Let's just, <laughs> I just throw me into this weird, wacky world with this guy who just lives life and makes decisions with reckless abandon. <laughs> he flips a coin and then fucks <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy this movie. It's called The Lodge. You can run it. And it's like, this was supposed to be a theatrical release. I was surprised. I don't know how long it's been out to rent, but I was surprised when I saw it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, highly, highly recommend watching this one if you, if you, uh, if you're stuck at home. Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Can I jump on the back of that one? Cause I watched a horror film as well. What'd you, what'd you watch? I watched The Invisible Man, the new one. Mm-hmm. And then I went on an Invisible Man trilogy and I did Hollow Man and then I did Memoirs of an Invisible Man as well with Chevy Chase. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I love that film. <laughs> I've always loved it and it's still my favorite Invisible Man movie. It's just fucking brilliant. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's awesome. It's very, like I think it's like 95, so it's, you know, not amazing special effects and things like that, but it's very funny and very sort of uh, like kind of like detective noir sort mm-hmm. of thing. We've sort of got like the narration over the top of stuff. It's a really good film. Um, and obviously Hollow Man, oh, crazy, gory, fun with um, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, yeah. exactly. So that was great. But yeah, so, you know, I'm a big fan of monster movies and stuff like that. So I thought I'd give this one a go. And um, I was pleasantly surprised. I was amazed at how well it was uh, directed in the cinematography Mm -hmm. and the way that they used camera work to suggest where this uh, this monster I'm just going to call him a monster where the monster is 
and um, you know, leaving like asymmetrical frames and leaving like negative spaces in the frames and stuff where the families and like the the main protagonist is just kind of you know going about her day and but they always not always but like a lot of the time when they want to build that tension they just have like a set frame which which will have her on like the left or right hand side of the screen and just this kind of big empty space and they just let let the scene play out and a lot a lot of it's quite long takes and stuff and it really builds the tension so like the first i know hour is really good it's like i was like i've never seen anything like this before it was you know expertly done really great and the acting was brilliant Every, all the cast fantastic in it and then it kind of shit the bed and um for the reasons that this particular person has uh, is invisible and um yeah that was the thing that i didn't like i mean i don't want to spoil it because you know it's kind of like a reveal and stuff but yeah i mean aside from kind of like you know the reasons why this person is invisible i was i was like oh, yeah, this is actually really cool i really enjoyed it i'll give that a high taste as well man because that was that was a good fun flick yeah i loved it uh they're playing this one at the drive-in theater and i'm like i've Ooh. seen it and i like i'm seriously debating on whether i should go see it in the drive-in be awesome experience but um, directed by Lee Winnell, uh, director for, up, yeah, for from Upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. big fan of Lee Winnell. Anything that Lee Winnell wants to do, uh, just a talented Australian director that's like up and coming in my opinion. And I would love to see him take on, I would love to see him take on more IPs. Like we can always sit back and say like, oh, you know, I, you know, I want to see him do his original stuff. Like I think like this is the guy that if you give like an IP to, an established IP, I think like this is the guy that you want to do like the RoboCop reboot. Like if we're going to get a RoboCop reboot, this is the guy you want on it. I, I've said Lee Winnell for the Crow reboot uh, for, you know, a couple years now. Like this is my guy. If like if we could do a Crow reboot, if if they did another Predator movie, God, if, we're, if they ever do another Predator movie after that last one, uh, this is the guy to do it. Like I think like this is the guy like just like uh you know like uh Phil Lord and Chris Miller are so good at taking things and just making them amazing this is another one of those directors that I think is just uh, that can do that I I fucking love Lee Winnell that's crazy, man. And he's only, I mean, says here he's only directed four films. So Insidious Chapter 3, which I haven't seen. And then, so I mean, but I heard that Insidious as a, you know, as a franchise isn't exactly awesome. But Upgrade was so damn good. Yeah. And it was completely different to The Invisible Man as well. Yeah. So um, it says that he, here he's doing pre-production on Escape from New York. So he's remaking Escape from New York. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Are they, dude? If are do you want them to cast Wyatt Russell in that? Um, oh God, what a snake! Yeah, I mean that's oh, it's Kurt, Kurt Russell's son, dude. Yeah, I know it's a really good show. It's a really good show. I, I don't know. I honestly haven't thought about because it it's the first I've seen of it. But man, you, I can sit here and say it's a difficult movie to do a remake of because it was so kind of of the time and mental. <laughs> it was so insane. Yeah. But, you know, it just inspired so much other stuff. You know, like, I mean, fucking Metal Gear Solid, you know, oh. the main character is called Snake totally. and looks exactly like Snake Plissken. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, man, Lee Winnell, just like, like you said, it'd be because re- because these like upgrade Invisible Man are so different. 
but each film really shows his chops. I think that if you could give him something, like, I mean, Crow would be a perfect fit after watching Upgrade. Oh, yeah. But also, also with The Invisible Man having that whole kind of like horror history, that that's a perfect like matchup because not only is, you know, it's sort of like a, superhero kind of action film but it's also you know Eric Draven's a very scary character and that's one of the things he does he loves to terrify the people that he's going after so you know having that history in horror would be fucking perfect that's a really good shout yeah I fucking would love uh, Lee Winnell so fucking talented should make all the reboots for all the movies like yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, seriously, give him an alien movie. I don't give a fuck. Give him everything. Like, what was a District Nine guy that they were going to give everything to, and he dropped off of? Like, give it, give it all to Lee now. Christ, this guy should come up in more fucking talks. Yeah, I didn't even realize he was an actor as well. It's fucking crazy. I haven't seen him in anything, and if I have, I didn't notice him. So yeah, he's been in, he's been in lots of things. He's in The Matrix Reloaded. He was in basically all the Saw films. Uh, yeah, he's he's even an Aquaman. Was apparently. he was he a stunt man? No, he was a cargo pilot, apparently. He was a pilot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he doesn't even have a name. He's just cargo pilot. So then what was he in the Thor films? Like an Asgardian or just random Asgardian, I'm guessing? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. Saw, the horror films. Oh, I thought you said Thor. I was no, that's, like, my, oh. that's, my, that's my soft lisp coming through. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, he's yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's done he's um acted in more films that he's done anything else with, which is fucking oh. crazy. I didn't even know. That's cool. Um did you guys get a chance to watch Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, it's an eight-episode documentary series that pulls back the curtain on The Mandalorian. Each chapter explores a different facet of the first live-action Star Wars television show through interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and roundtable conversations hosted by Jon Favreau. Topics this season include the filmmaking process, the legacy of George Lucas' Star Wars, how the cast was brought to, uh, brought the characters to life, the series' groundbreaking technology, the artistry behind the show's practical models, effects and creatures, plus the creative influences, the iconic score, and the connections to Star Wars characters and props from across the galaxy. The first episode dropped, and it was uh, very much like uh, like uh, John Favreau's old sh- uh, old show, uh, Dinner for Five. Which he would have, you know, like a, a group of people, and they would just discuss things, and it was it was an awesome show. Um, uh, just just like like what did they have? Like they had like J.J. Abrams and Stan Lee at the table before. I'm trying to think of like Mark Hamill. Like some- yeah. I think that was like one of the, the big ones was like Hamill and J.J. Abrams. And I don't think George Lucas was there, but it was like just like a table of legends, like all just talking about like film and pop culture It's fucking amazing. I watched that episode. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I, uh, man, I, this, this is like a 30 minute episode or so. And it was, uh, it was all the directors. So they brought in, uh, Dave Filoni, Taika Waititi, Deborah Chow, Rick Fumiyawa. Uh, and Bryce Dallas Howard, and they all sat around. They talked about, you know, like their experiences on The Mandalorian, and they all have different backgrounds. And and um, I, I, the highlight for me probably was when they talked to Dave Filoni, and just like kind of yeah. like the reverence that everybody had for like his Star Wars knowledge at the table, but then also like just a very good storyteller in general. Like we know his stories from like all the animated shit from Lucasfilm animation, but like his story about how he got hired at Lucasfilm animation is (laughs) 
fucking hilarious. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, he was, like he is Star Wars. Like it's almost like uh, don't, come on, George Lucas. Come on, stop, stop no, right George now. Lucas is. No, 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 no. But stop I, right now. Lucas, you know he is. A, no, he has stuff to no. But I feel like Dave Filoni, like like all of the knowledge. It's like it's like George Lucas like took that knowledge and like put it in Dave Filoni because he was just. I mean he. he he was great. He's a he knows he's a product of Star Wars. I'm not going to say that he is Star Wars. George well, Lucas is still like Star Wars. George Lucas is still Star Wars. <laughs> but he's so steeped. Like Filoni's just so steeped in the lore and the mythology. Like, watch, it's, it's I, crazy. I want you to watch the Rise of Skywalker and then come back to me and say George Lucas is Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to watch Ride the Skull or again? I watched it the one time. Then just tell me George Lucas is Star Wars right now. <laughs> okay, George Lucas is Star Wars because I don't want to watch that movie again, Ryan. I hear you. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm not rushing to watch Rise of Skywalker, but I okay. love the Mandalorian. We've got so much great Mandalorian news coming up in Star Wars news this week. I'm telling you, so much great things. But anyway, I loved this. I loved this mm-hmm. so much. I thought that this was so fantastic. And like, um, I was really impressed by everybody that they brought in. I can't wait. I hope they do this every season. Dan, what did you think about this? I absolutely fucking loved it. I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm big into like the technical side of film as well, but also like just getting inside directors' heads, I think is really important if you're a huge fan of something like Star Wars. And this was just, it really set my, like, it's kind of settled me down and put me at ease. I mean, I know that Dave Filoni's a fantastic sort of, uh, well, definitely fantastic director but storyteller um he's done a lot of he's done he worked on avatar the last airbender which is one of my favorite shows of all time so i wasn't really worried about him i was just very i was amazed at how much he knew and how everyone said like if i have a question about anything if i like um oh god what was the actress name that played um uh the shock trooper fuck you know the ufc fighter what's her name UFC fighter that played a shock trooper. Yeah, yeah, she's, you know, she was like, the, the, oh, oh uh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Yeah, Gina Carano said, like, what is this, this pauldron for? So this, like, shoulder pad. And he would go, actually, that isn't exactly what it should look like. It should look like this, but this is why your one looks like that. And she was just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, he knew yeah. fucking everything. I mean, the only people, the only person I thought got a little bit shortchanged was Rick. I, I wanted to like know a bit yeah. more about his process and things like that. They just sort of like showed him on set, and you know he he was talking about sort of like Star Wars and a, a little bit about his method, but they didn't really kind of go into what he brings to uh, the show individually because we basically saw that from everyone. You know, I like, think it's like, the, the def- fact that like they brought in like the heist story, and I don't know like does oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah yeah but we didn't sort of see his kind of his background or anything like that. I mean, I love Dope. I think Dope is a great movie. And it's just like this Mm. guy's career has just been stalled because like at one time he was supposed to be the Flash director, you know. Oh, okay, right. And like he was holding out for the Flash. And so like I I don't know. I don't know what Rick Fumiyama – like I think this guy is fucking great. Have you seen Dope? Uh, No, 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 no. I just know of it. Fucking highly recommend that movie. So good. Can we watch that? Do you know? Oh fuck! It was on Hulu for a long time. I, I'm not sure, and you don't. Of course, you don't get Hulu over there. Nah, <laughs> so it might be on Amazon then. Probably look, over here. So I'll, I'll have a look. It. 
but yeah, no, it was it was awesome, man. And I, I just loved the way that they basically like spoke about each director and said like what they bring to the table. And like, like with Deborah about how like just like organized she was and how she had everything planned out. And even John Favreau was just like, I've never met anybody like you before in the film industry. And you know, they, he was saying like we do indie films and we like get eight pages of dialogue done. We think, well, shit, that's a good day. And then you come in and they're just like, right, I want this, 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 and this is this, this is how we're going to set up this action scene this is where i want this uh this camera and and you know that was awesome yeah she's like and, i want more action i can i get more stormtroopers <laughs> more stormtroopers <laughs> yeah, that was so good yeah that was awesome and the the one person that i wasn't too sure about when i heard that she was directing the episode was bryce dallas howard i wasn't you know i was like yeah i don't really like know what she's done except for like her acting stuff and but watching her man she's just so steeped in hollywood and film and mm-hmm, like yeah. the art of it and you saw i mean she was just talking like about she's talking the story about where she got taken to a dinner with her dad yeah. and they met george lucas and akira kurosawa oh my god <laughs> i was like five years old and i was like leaning on his chest and i was like oh my god your life is completely unrelatable and but, but, she, but she but she's falling asleep you know she's like she's yeah like, me on the but flip then, side i would have just been like you know adult i would have been sitting in ron howard's lap like listening <laughs> you know like leaning in listening to every word yeah but i mean so i mean but it was a really cool story and everything and like you know about like these these tollywood legends and these film legends but then it was when she was talking about what it basically what it meant to her to be part of this project mm-hmm. and that she i mean she's she's a great actress anyway i like her but, a lot yeah but you could see that she was genuinely like moved by the things that people were saying and the experience she had on set. And she genuinely started crying in the interview. And then when we saw her on set and she was like hugging cast members and she was, you know, holding shots like, um, uh, the way that, um, Scorsese does, like when Scorsese made departed, he would hold the camera on Jack Nicholson for as long as possible. Cause Jack would always come up with these insane, like ad lib lines. And most of them made, into the film and she did she would do exactly the same thing so she would set up the scene when it was the one where um the stormtrooper uh, those uh stormtroopers and those sort of like kind of orcish looking guys were coming into the village then you had the mum and the daughter under the basket and she was just holding the shot for the actors to do their thing and then she just went there it is and she just went she was like that's it you just know it when you see it and it was this like really honest moment of capturing like a human reaction and i was like oh shit if i fuck for that it's like she's you know she sees the whole process from the actor's point of view she knows exactly what she's looking for so yeah no great addition totally again just like calm me down like quelled my fears so yeah it's just great documentary loved it i think i think it's like one of those things with the, when they and when they announced it's Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. It's like the unknown. We don't know what we're going to get. But like on the flip side, we, I mean, look at, look at her father and what like, uh, look at all that he's done in Hollywood. Like just, you know, yeah. from like just an acting 
uh, starting off in acting and then, and then being like the amazing director that he is. I mean, so, you know, she's, she's, she's learned a lot. She's learned a lot just from hanging around all these years. And, and a, that's, that's what a lot of directors do. That's what a lot of actors turn directors do. Look at Ben Affleck. He's just like sitting around and just like absorbing these things. Look at, look at Clint Eastwood, you know, like he's, I mean, this guy started off in like as a, as, as basically like small fucking roles and shitty movies. And then like now, now he's one of the biggest stars in the world. What did you think about this, June? Oh, I loved, sorry, me. I loved it as well. I, I love the Mandalorian. So anything more I can get about this show, I was so excited for. And I mean, really, I can't say more than what you guys have already said. It was so great to hear sort of how Star Wars, like what Star Wars means for all of these directors, for each of them to kind of go through and talk about their experience, you know, with the franchise and how they got into it and what it means to them and how they apply that to, you know, their directing of the episodes. Um, Bryce, so Dan brought up Bryce Ellis Howard's episode. So the one that she directed, um, Sanctuary, that's the one with the baby Yoda drinking the broth. And so I list, I heard an interview with her, um, I think on NPR or something, and she was talking about that scene. And apparently they did so many takes of the Baby Yoda puppet drinking the broth. Like, Baby Yoda drinks the broth with one hand. Baby Yoda drinks it with two hands and tilts his head. Baby Yoda drinks the broth and laughs. And I was, so I'm hoping at some point, like, we see all those takes. Because mm. they're going to do they're yeah. gonna do one, like, on the – you know, like, there's going to be one episode where at least they're going to – a lot of it will be spent on the puppet, the Baby Yoda puppet. Yeah. And so I'm like, I want to see all those takes of like Baby Yoda drinking the broth in different ways. The, the episode that that's really interesting. I hope that they do show those. That would be fucking phenomenal. And yes, I don't want it to be like it should all be included in this series. I don't want it to have to be like some other thing that they're going to release and. Just give it all to me now. I want just inject yeah. me with all this. I can't wait. But I, I really can't wait for the episode where they talk about this groundbreaking technology that they have. These these screens that they put up, and we saw a little bit of it in this. They showed like scenes of like Pedro Pascal, like in the fucking ship with Baby Yoda, and like these screens in the background. Fucking crazy. That was cool. Yeah. I think a lot of I think a lot of movies. Going forward, once this technology is readily available for other studios, I think this is going to be a big thing going forward because, like, before it was just like, you know, when you're looking at the making of Phantom Menace, you're just looking at fucking Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor and a fucking green screen and they're reacting mm-hmm. to nothing. And, like, that is not an easy thing to do. And so, like, you see, like, like there's not a lot of actors that can do this and do it well. Um, I think Ewan McGregor does it really well. I think like, um, fucking, uh, I, thought, I honestly thought Haley Steinfeld out of like all the actors in all the Transformers movies did it the best in Bumblebee. But like with this, there's screens, like these screens behind them and they get to see these effects that are actually, that used to just be put in in post. And so now they have things in their environment that they can react to. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the sound crawler one that like absolutely blew my mind because you look at it from sort of like a wide angle and it just looks kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. But then, and it's all like warped and distorted. But when they put the camera uh, down next to Rick and was shooting up, 
it looked like the thing was like a hundred feet tall and it was it was just this i can't remember what they called it they called it like an elevation or something like that they used like a a technical word for it so you had like the the prop which was the track and then you had this kind of big screen or like a block which just had this piece of artwork or a photograph or a digital rendering on it and it was all skewed and it was yeah but when you take it from the right camera angle it looks like the side of a sand crawler like fuck that's so fucking cool you know because the actors are going to be there with it and they're going to see it as you you're supposed to see it. It was fantastic. One episode in, and I Tupperware the fuck out of this, and one episode in, and I think, like, a lot of credit does need to go to um, John Favreau, but I'm honestly thinking The Mandalorian would not have been what it was. And June, I'm going to give you some credit here. Dave Filoni. <laughs> Dave, Dave, seriously, Dave Filoni is fucking, he is a, he is a Star Wars sponge and we need this mm. guy. Like there's, you, you've got George, George Lucas in my mind is Star Wars, but on the flip side, he's so much Star Wars that like everybody that was around, and, and you know, everybody says this, everybody that worked around George because he was so big when they were making the prequels, everybody was, everybody was just yes men and they let George do what he wanted. They didn't Rain him in, and that's why we got kind of like a clusterfuck of you know a, a, of a story at times, and some of the action was a little bit crazy and things like that. But Dave Filoni is kind of like that guy that I think is just like a Star Wars sponge and just kind of gets it. And like for him to have his first you know like crack at live action Star Wars and do it so well. I'm just yeah. like, like, I'm so excited for the future of Star Wars series on Disney plus can't say that. Like I'm excited about the movies going forward besides the Taika Waititi stuff, which we'll talk about later. Actually, mm. there's, you know what? There's really not a lot to talk about there. That is the news this week that Taika Waititi's getting his own Star Wars movie. There's nothing. We know nothing about it. There's no plot or anything. So like that's that's exciting that like one of these one of these directors is getting their own fucking film at this point. Yeah. So. It's going to be weird man. It's like, I I have no idea. I'm assuming it's not going to be Jedi or something like that. It's probably going to be like smugglers or something that they can because obviously we know him i'd left him out of the bloody directors we were talking about but everyone knows who taika is and we know what he's like the guy can find a fucking camera that's pointed at him (laughs) anytime that was one of my favorite things Mm. in the documentary when they were filming him he would just look exactly where the camera was that was filming him even if it was like 100 feet away and be like pulling stupid faces or dancing (laughs) it's amazing i want him to do a story about like an unlikely hero an unlikely hero in in a star wars story you know kind of like we had luke who was kind of like destined for greatness you know it, it just bound him he's the skywalker name i want like and I guess you could say Han Solo is kind of like that character, but I, 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 and I don't know what we're going to get from Taika, but I just think he would do so well with a character that just doesn't want to be like the hero, but is thrust into it. And, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's what I would really like to see. But I hope they let him, I hope they let him be Taika though. Like I don't oh, want that, a Bill Ward, Chris Miller situation i think we're past i hope we're past that i hope I do we're too, past that because i mean I, I just i don't really appreciate how like they you hire 
Billboard and Chris Miller to do something different, to do something a little irreverent and totally. funny, and then you get scared, and then you pull it from them, and then you get a Frankenstein movie. Well, that's why that's why they just need need to give Taika stuff where they're not using legacy characters. Fuck the le- mm, seriously. That's true. That's stop, true. That's stop it with point. the like. If Phil Lord and Chris Miller were doing something without legacy characters, I think it would have been okay. But like, you're dealing with Solo, mm-hmm. and so they probably you know. Um, probably, you know, Simon Kinberg and his son probably got a little worried about like the way the direction it was going. And like, you know, like, uh, you guys are going off our script because we heard that there was a lot of ad libbing and, and, uh, a lot of like cracking wise on the set and shit like that. And they were getting upset. And so I don't know. I think you get like, if you stay away from legacy characters, you know, and if you stay away from the Skywalkers and you stay away from like, uh, you know, the, the Kenobis and all that stuff and just give them something new, let them do like work with new characters that, that nobody's attached with, give them some new aliens, give us, yeah. new, give us a new side of the Star Wars universe that we haven't been to. I yeah, think it's I, what we've been saying for, well, for fucking years now, man, is yeah. most of us say is, just give us something new, but set it in the Star Wars universe. Well, see, that's, that's, it's not it's not a difficult premise, and that's exactly uh-uh. what the Mandalorian is. You yeah. know, new characters, new uh, like uh, like the, like the Mandalorian clan and everything. Things are kind of moved on. We saw a little bit of progression with like the politics that was going on with all the stormtroopers and things like that. And just you know, it's not. <sighs> It sounds stupid, like it's not difficult, but it, it it's not difficult to not fuck up the the legacy characters. If you just leave those alone, then you could do whatever the hell you want. You literally have like an entire bloody galaxy to play with, and people want to stick with you know telling Han Solo's backstory, which we never fucking needed to know in the first place. Nope. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, <laughs> I have I have issues with that movie, but none of the issues are actually with like. Uh, the the actor himself and no and, definitely not and, and not with Ryan. it's it's mostly with it's mostly with Kenberg's screenplay that I have yeah a lot it's of the problems writing with. man yeah like, the, the fucking the, the the Empire guy like the fucking check in Empire guy giving Han Solo his name Are you kidding me <laughs> so oh was that, that was such bullshit man oh, man I never finished just... watching it I never finished watching it I oh. <laughs> Wow. No, I tried to watch Solo, like, because they put it on Netflix, and I was like, fine, I'm going to watch this movie that everyone either kind of likes or really hates. The first three times I tried to watch it, like, either I would space out, and then like, 30 minutes would pass, and I'm like, well, shit, and then or I fell asleep. The fourth and final time, it was kind of late. I was watching it. My husband had already gone to bed, because he was like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch this anymore. And then, like, <laughs> the dog, and then this was, like, at 1130 at night, like, and it, I think there was 15 minutes left of the movie. And my dog is like, I got to go out. In, like, the 10 minutes it took me to take the dog out, I forgot that I was watching a movie. So I just <laughs> came in. I came back in the house and went to bed. Oh, and then man. the next morning, I was like, oh, that's right. I was watching so I had, like, 15 minutes left. So you never, got, like, you, yeah, never, you, never got to, you never got to see Darth Maul show up in that movie. I knew that he did. It was, you know, everyone was like, oh my god, Arthur Wall showed up. Honest, but it, because the movie, I really just didn't care about the movie at all that it, I was like, I don't really care to see it, so, the rest of it. So, it's, yeah. It's crazy. If, if you're, if you're comparing like what we, 
Dan, what's not? Oh God, no! I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, no, I'm done. So I'm done. I was no. I was just gonna start pissing and moaning about Star Wars movies, the new Star Wars movies, and then fucking talking about holding fucking Mandalorian up on a fucking pedestal. I'm just gonna stop. Everybody knows how I fucking feel. Everybody, I'm okay. just gonna stop. I'm just get like I'm like you know like I'm fucking like an old man preaching on my lawn. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like you know sometimes yeah, sometimes I feel like that fucking crazy guy. Uh, out on the street corner, you know, holding up a uh, fucking, you know, religious text and shit and yelling about, you know, Judgment Day and Armageddon and all that fucking crap. And nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. There's a few people <laughs> listening, but some people just fucking don't care. Anyway, yeah. let's think. If, I mean, I've got to say, every time that I did see Kathleen Kennedy talking to them, I was going, don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. <laughs> see, what's fucked up is like Kathleen Kennedy was like handpicked by George Lucas. And so, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, so you're thinking like, yeah, this is. I don't know. Like, I'm mixed on her. I, I understand why she's very protective of Star Wars, but on the flip side, it's like you gotta loosen the reins, this clamp. You gotta loosen this, this clamp de- that you have on mm, Star you Wars. You gotta stop hiring hacks and fucking, yeah. <laughs> stop fucking yeah. up all the retconning the, the previous two movies that you just made. Yeah. What the, the hell? They fucking, they recently, the, like, the writers for Rogue One, Confirm the fact that fucking Tony Gilroy came in there and finished Rogue One. That the, oh god! That that what was it? Uh, Evans? What was his name? Not Gareth Evans. The the the, the director for that movie. Yeah. Um. Fuck. I. You know I don't like Rogue One, so I know. I've already blocked it out. Yeah. But uh, they they confirmed that that director was kind of like let go, and Tony Gilroy finished it. I don't know. This shit's fucking crazy at Lucasfilm. Just, I'm looking forward to all the Disney Plus shit. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish. I, I'm Tupperware in the fuck out of this series one episode in. I'm sure that yeah. both of you are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yep. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll have more good pop, bad pop. We'll have more, we'll have more f- fun and memories to share with one another. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> How's that sound? All right. <laughs> we'll be right back. We are back. I say that every time. Hey. Hi. Hi. (laughs) We're back. Um, Let's see here. Real quick, I want to find out what you guys have been watching, but I wanted to bring up one thing real quick. I know Dan watched it. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld comedy special dropped on Netflix on Tuesday. Jerry Seinfeld, 23 Hours to Kill. Uh, And uh, Dan, what did you think about this one? I'm going to give it a low taste it. Because, and again, we always say this on the show when we talk comedy. Comedy is very subjective. I've never been a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld, especially not his stand-up. Um, and I don't even like the show, to be completely honest with you. And I know it's dumb because it's one of the most popular and celebrated TV shows of all time, but it's just not for me. So, yeah, man, I was uh, I sat there and I watched it, and it was all 
what I expected. Lots of, you know, observational comedy. Isn't food on airlines weird? Don't you just hate him for, you know, the queue at the whatever? And so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, I knew you wouldn't like this. Uh, I, I love Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's hard to do kind of clean comedy. And, um, I, I, you know, I respect it. I know Jeff, Jim Gaffigan does it and he does it very well. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, 65 years old now, still high energy. I got to applaud him for that. It was amazing just watching his high energy out there. You could tell the audience was like all over 50. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got to say, man, on that point, I'm not taking anything away from his, his the way he delivers his routine. His timing is impeccable. His stage presence is fucking phenomenal. His confidence is off the charts. He's an absolute legend. It's just that his particular style of comedy just isn't for me. But I'm, I very much appreciate the way that he delivers it. That's why I'm not just going to go, ah, fucking toss it. It didn't make me laugh. It was, you know, it was, it was like watching well it was exactly what it is it was like watching a guy that's been doing it for god knows how many years just do it and do what he does best so i thought his jokes about there's a couple there's a few of them that just like really were funny like the jokes about married life and how like like how like anytime you know your wife asks you a question whatever first comes to your mind is like well, I'm not going to say I'm not I'm it's not the gonna, wrong one. That's the wrong it's one. The wrong I'm not, not going to say yeah. that. And if I do bring it up, I'm going to bring it up as to like I heard someone else say this and throw it out yeah. there as somebody else's suggested <laughs> that, that that's what they thought about this. Um I loved how he talked about how cell phones are controlling us and the whole like, you know, basically like Uber is just like uh, a way for phones to basically like control us and travel, like, around. travel around yes it's for i i love that part too um the cell phone bits was my favorite part of the whole thing i think and uh when he talked to his about his hatred for people that say it is what it is i fucking <laughs> loved it i loved it i'm gonna give it a high taste that i think it started off pretty slow but i think that uh towards the end I just, I really kind of like, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld in person, saw him at the Peoria Civic Center. Uh, he had Tom Papa open for him. I love Tom Papa. But, um, <laughs> Jerry, I, I still think Jerry is, uh, he's one of these guys that's just been, he just continues to do stand up. He hasn't let it, like, uh, um, you know, he just hasn't like started to do the movies and things like that. He's just continued to do stand up. Like, I think that's like his one true love, even after, after Seinfeld rapped. And, and, uh, I still he think he has some relevant and funny things to say and he delivers them in a clean manner. And so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, June, what did you think? I, you know, I'm going to give it a high taste as well. And I've also been lucky to see him live, um, about five years ago. He came to the Peace Center here in Greenville. And what's funny is that year um, we saw, like, it, it was like kind of like the year of comedy, like stand-up comedians. We saw Louis Black and we saw Bill Maher. Louis Black, you know, he was great. You know, he did his, you know, angry man shtick. Um, Bill Maher was, eh. Um, I was a fan of him at the time, not so much anymore. But the last one we saw was Jerry Seinfeld. And, I mean, he's the fucking master. Like, Nandra, his, his timing is impeccable. And the delivery of the punchlines and just the stage presence was great. Um, he did the kind of a similar cell phone bit 
in that one, but he was talking about how, like, when the battery on your cell phone, and it's true because we all do this, like, if you're somewhere, like, not at your home and you're out and you look at, and you see, like, suddenly, like, the bar is so low and you, like, it's almost like a lifeline, like, your life is going to, like, your, your, your personal, like, life battery is going low and you're like, I need a charger and, like, the frantic search for a charger and he's i mean i i will give this the highest of taste i think you're right it did start off a little slow i think and this is not his fault at all but like the first joke is about you know the oh my god like going out and how much of a hassle it is unfortunately right now that's all we want to do right we all just want to go out and not be stuck at home so and that's just it's unfortunate timing because he filmed this what back in november i think so um, but yeah, no, I, I, I will always love Jerry Seinfeld. I love the show. I love him. So yeah, it was a fun watch. Yeah. Oh God. I, I want right now. I want Daniel Tosh stand up. That's what I want more than anything. I fucking love Daniel Tosh. Have you ever seen Patton Oswalt? We saw he, him in February. No, he's got a new special coming out. Um, so May. He was great. He, I, well, he's got a new special coming out on Netflix. This, uh, I think next week or the the week after. I think it's May twelfth or nineteenth. I can't remember, but he's got a new special coming out. Pat Oswalt. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. He was really good, especially when he sort of like cleaned up and stopped drinking and smoking weed before he went on stage. Because some of his earlier stuff is it's chaotic and it's very funny, but like him not drinking and coming on and just doing his stuff is so much better. He's not like spitting over the crowd as he's like yelling into the mic and shit like that. He's much more controlled now. Are you trying to tell me, are you trying to tell me I shouldn't drink on these episodes, Dan? Is this, (laughs) no, is this a fucking, is this an intervention? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm three beers down. No, we're good. Okay. (laughs) All right. I thought I was reading something into that. No, no, no. If, if you're going to get up on stage, then yeah. possibly maybe kind of rein it in slightly. Ah, Pat and yeah, he's like, like the Pat opposite Oswald. of like Aerosmith. Like that's what I like Aerosmith. <laughs> like they, all their best stuff came out when they were on drugs. You know what I mean? All the best. Yeah. <laughs> all the best Aerosmith came out when they were on drugs. Like and then, then we get that fucking Armageddon song. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 he's great, man. His, I can't remember what the show was called, but the one that um, uh, it was after his wife passed away. That was, whew, that was, oh, it was, yeah. it was so good. And he yep. basically spent a lot of it talking about his wife and the things that he used to do together and, and stuff like that and her kind of philosophy on everything. It was, it was really, really poignant and just incredibly tasteful and amazing. Well done. So yeah, that's one of his best shows. Oh, fucking that, amazing. Oh, that's crazy that it's one of his best. I'm sure it is, but it sounds depressing as fuck. Oh, but his wife was very, um, like upbeat and yeah. she said that she basically her philosophy was everything is chaos so be nice that was her philosophy so you know it was very very upbeat and uh yeah hopeful but um yeah there, there is bits where he starts talking about her and he does sort of kind of you know he has to kind of choke yeah. up a bit obviously sure. yeah. it's gonna fucking happen but yeah it was a great show really good but again it's very much like when i said about you know seinfeld and stuff I love him in interviews. When people ask him his opinion on, you know, like 
politics or you know anything anything that's kind of like real world and like is something that affects everybody his take is normally like absolutely spot on fucking hilarious and i just wish that he would do more of that stuff in his show oh yeah so yeah so i mean that's that's the sort of comedy that i i really enjoy is you know like but, the whole, the, but, but the whole the, bill hit. yeah but the art that put him on the map you just think he's not that good at like the like the thing that paved the way for him to do the show and to have said the show interviews. About nothing. The show yeah. about nothing. So yeah. So the 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 show. Yeah. So like that's what gave him the show. Stand up gave him the show. Uh, Stand up gave him the the uh, the ability to have these interviews and and give these thoughts out there. Uh, the 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 thing that catapulted him into into these things. That's what you don't like. Yeah, just his, you know, normal, <laughs> normal, like, on-brand sense of humor. <laughs> oh, it's an airline food, weird. You know, it, fuck off. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. I, I, I still, I, I think he's got it. My dad, my mom texted me today, and she's like, you know your dad. He's, he's what, I told my dad that Seinfeld had, that's why, I mean, me and my dad went and saw Jerry Seinfeld at the Civic Center together, and, um, my dad's a big Seinfeld fan. That's so why I, I text my dad. And I got to text my dad like, what's new? My dad don't know what's going on. My dad don't know what's going on. <laughs> I do my, the same thing with my parents, too. My dad was using a flip phone last year. My dad was fucking like Steve Rogers <laughs> and shit. You know what I mean? So he, my dad up until this year was like uh, using a flip phone. So he don't know what the fuck's going on in the world. So I had to tell him that a Jerry Seinfeld Netflix special dropped. And, uh, my mom texts me today and she's like, yeah, you know, your dad, but your dad's cackling in the other room. He's watching that, sign, <laughs> watching that new Seinfeld show. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then immediately, probably like 30 minutes later after my dad completed it, my dad was just like, oh my God, I love the new Jerry Seinfeld. So funny. So funny. <laughs> my dad loved it. So. That's good. But again, I'm, I'm, in the minority, hundred percent. So it's just, you don't, you I'm don't not gonna to, lie. You don't have to defend yourself. I fuck. I still fucking love you, Dan. No matter what. No, no I love you too. You could. You could. Uh, if you like fucking Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I but know. You right. you acting right. like you acting like I'm so basic. You acting, <laughs> no, no, you're, basic you're, you're acting like I'm a basic. <laughs> you act. You're acting like I'm a basic bitch because I like <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> what else you what else you doing, Brian? Eating eat, eat, what are you eating frosted flakes in the morning, you little basic you little basic bitch? <laughs> Going to McDonald's, eating your French fries, you little basic bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I guess I am a basic bitch. <laughs> Hashtag basic Seinfeld bitch. Oh man, oh man, I like, I love, uh, I love, I love your hot takes, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> I try and form them as positively as possible. I mean, you know, Sometimes I come out at me. I hate it when everybody all tries to agree and shit. Just to fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? When everybody just all tries to agree. But then, but then some people, when, uh, when people disagree and things get a little heated, some people get a little uncomfortable. You know what I call those people? I call them pussies. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I just, I just remember the shit that I took for Wolverine, uh, for Logan. 
and I gave it like the, high the highest, the highest of tastes. You gave it the, high, the highest of tastes, and everybody acted like you fucking took a shit on Patrick Stewart's <laughs> Professor they, yeah, X. They were not happy. With they you, acted Dan, like you took. Episode. They acted like you took a shit on fucking Charles Xavier's grave. They did. You know, but that, the, you, know, you know the main reason why is because I pointed out all the flaws, and because they can't no fucking refute them. No one wanted to hear it. <laughs> they, they can't refute them. They know that I'm right, so they all got pissed off. They're like, "He's," but I fucking love this film. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh episode. yeah, the, the rebuttal is, "Oh, but I love it." Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> you, you do more power to you. I wish I enjoyed it as much as everybody else did, but it was—it's fucking four out of five for me. Not, it's not a five out of five. Right, it's a, a high four. taste. It is not bad. As you're not right, like, damn. If you were, if you were being real, you would have mm-hmm. fucking gave it a low taste that you pushed out, bro. Mm, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I never push out. <laughs> You were just you were just being a compliant bitch. Compliant <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't wanna take I don't wanna take on too much heat, so I'll give it a high I'll give it a high taste it. Yeah, that worked out really well. It worked out well, really it? well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, shit. Hey Dan, what do you got for good pop bad pop? You fucking <laughs> i was gonna call you i can't call you a basic bitch I'm a, oh, go ahead what do you yeah, i don't mind I'm a that's basic fine bitch. uh yeah um i have watched i'm up to date on rupaul's drag race season 12 um i've been watching rupaul's for ooh, a long long time now and um i don't tupperware every single season because sometimes the contestants aren't as good as others um but i uh, right now we're sitting at a tupperware for this one the contestants are all awesome um rue's killing it as always and the guests that they're getting on as well for like guest judges and stuff uh, have been really like interesting and quite insightful we've had daisy ridley we've had jeff goldblum we even had aoc on one of them as well and yeah it's um it's been like a, just a really solid funny season all the all of the games and stuff they've all been playing has been really really good and um i'm a not just a huge like Ru- RuPaul fan, but I'm a big drag fan as well. For my birthday, like last year, so this September, I went to see um, uh, Bianca Del Rio live because she was doing a tour over here. And yeah, I got to see her live and it was the most offensive fucking <laughs> stand-up <laughs> show I have ever seen in my entire life. And I love stand-up and... Th- wow <laughs> she just she did not hold back she did not hold back and um yeah i, I just love this show man it's just it, you know like you were saying earlier it's uh something you, you put on you can just leave it on you can you can watch and you just be entertained by it and you know your version is way better than ours because your prizes are so much better so like if someone wins a challenge they get like five thousand dollars whereas over here they just go well done you get a badge <laughs> a badge like it's yeah, the yeah. fucking boy scouts what the wow. fuck yeah. yeah literally it's like this little badge which is it's it's from a children's show called blue peter that's what it's called and it's been around since like the 70s i think and it's like this whole bit of like uk culture and a blue a blue peter badge was almost like a sign of honor amongst sort of like the kids that are on the show like if you did like a charity event or if you save someone's life you might get like a blue peter badge and 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 in the uk ripples drag race you get a fucking badge 
and that's it. So they're kind of skimping back. I don't think the advertising revenue is quite so hot over here. Uh, a blue Peter over here is when you uh, a guy wants to get off and they can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> blue Peter very closely linked to blue balls. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's 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 the the the, the neighboring sister of the blue balls. Yeah. Exactly. I've never, yeah, I've so, never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I like RuPaul. I've just never watched the show. Man, it's so damn good. It's, it's just, it, it's just, it's awesome. It's just it, pure joy encapsulated like an hour, hour long episodes. And you know, so many of the the, the queens that they have on are just like. They're all like not all of them, but like lots of them are just superstars in themselves. Like Bianca being one of them, and fucking like a Shangela, and they've done movies and things like that. And it's just, it's just like a really like massive celebration of you know like drag queens and like the gay community and stuff like that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a joy. It really is. I absolutely love it. So yeah, top of the season. Um, and yes, and we have a little segue, don't we, June? Yeah. Yes, we do. This is a perfect segue. So today I found this show on HBO, and um, it's been on for a couple of weeks now. It's called We're Here. It's a six-part docuseries that follows three former um, RuPaul Drag Race contestants. Um, they basically go to – they're going through six cities throughout America, and they arrive in town. And they select three locals to turn into drag queens, and they mentor them. And at the end, they perform in a one-night drag show. And and for because I only found this today, I can't believe I, I did not know about this show. It was just something that I came across today, and I was like, what is this? So I binge-watched the, the three episodes that are um, that are available right now, and I'm so glad that I found this. It was the best pick-me-up. The show is so joyful and heartfelt. And it made me cry because there's some heartbreaking stories. Um, but it's just so great because every episode begins with the three queens and they uh, roll in. Oh, and the three um, contestants from RuPaul's Drag Race. It's Shangela, um, Dan mentioned, um, Bob the Drag Queen, and oh, Eureka. Bob. Oh, Bob the Drag Bob. <laughs> So good. <laughs> so good. So good. But they roll into, like, these towns like Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, um, Branson, uh, Missouri, and then Twin Falls, Idaho, and they roll into these small towns in these tour buses that are, like, decked out. Like, one's in the shape of a purse, one's in the shape of an elephant, and then the other one is just, it's bright and pink and glittery, and it's got lips on the grill, and, like, a big bow on top of it. Amazing. And so, like, they'll they'll stroll through downtown and see people's reactions. Um, It's just people are just like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) <laughs> and you just get these really heartfelt stories. Like in the first episode, like one of the locals that they um, that's going to be in the drag show that week, she um, she wants to do the drag show because before, um, like a year before the show, her teenage daughter came out as bi, and this woman was very religious, very Christian, and she was like, "I have to pray for you. I'm worried about your salvation. You're going to go to hell." So mm-hmm. her daughter moved out and moved in with her dad. And afterwards, um, the mom found her daughter's diary and read it and saw, like, how her daughter was feeling. And, like, that was the turning point for her. So this woman, like, she's now become involved in the queer community in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Like, she's trying really, really hard. 
So she wants to do this show because it's a way to apologize to her daughter. And it was just so like heartbreaking to hear her story, but yet you're hopeful that maybe, you know, like they'll reunite and it's just so great. And then, you know, the actual drag performances are fierce. Nice. So, um, I mean, they are fierce and it's just so great to see this and it just brings so much joy. So I definitely Tupperware this, definitely watch this. Um, and I unfortunately am not doing enough justice to it because, yeah, I just found it today and I was like, I'm talking about what the other thing that I was going to talk about. I tossed that out the window. So I was like, screw <laughs> that. So I'm going to talk about Westworld. But, you know, like, fuck that. That's old news. That's old hat. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes it anyway anymore. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, you know, like I moved on from, you know, robots to drag queens. So I think, yeah. I- <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, man, I, I think that the, um, you bring up a really good point, which is something that happens in Drag Race as well, is that you get to see these people's stories and just sort of, you know, seeing someone tell their story of how they were bullied or how they were treated by their family or, or whoever, you know, like the, how they were wronged um, and actually seeing like a fellow human being tell their story on screen that is like, you know, projected into your home and they're in tears and you can see they're like like 100% honest and it really, really affected them. You've got to be some sort of a heartless bastard to fucking ignore that. And mm-hmm. I just think it's really, and they do do it like on basically every episode. Like they'll have one of the drag queens in uh, Drag Race. One of the one of the queens will always tell a story. Some of them are positive, you know. Some of them about like how their like, their mum or their dad or brother or sister or whoever was supported them, <clears throat> and that's always really like uplifting and everything. And it's just you know, it's just important to kind of like hear their stories out and just portrayed in such or t- I would say portrayed but what I'm going to say is it's told in such an honest way but it's also mm-hmm. told whilst all these people are putting on makeup and strapping their eye lines back and everything and, and getting rid of their wrinkles they're learning these dance moves they're <laughs> yeah. learning the dance moves like oh my gosh like it's just amazing so I yeah Tupperware it Dan I think you'd love it we're here HBO it airs on Thursday nights um, but yeah but the first three episodes are on uh, the HBO app cool so. I'll definitely check that out yeah yep. it does sound good um, the word fierce it's, I think it's just been, I think, I think it's just been adopted by women and gay men and gay people. Like, I don't yeah. think, I don't think fears can, you know what I mean? Like, that's that, like, I don't think you can, I don't think as a straight white male, I can use the word fierce anymore. I can't be fierce anymore, Dan. I'm fine with it. I'm giving, I don't, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm not bitching about it. You're, so, you're actually you're I, in my head. I'm thinking like someone talking about like a certain play in football or like how a football players like so fierce. Like no, you know, I actually would be the, like I would be the guy. Or, <laughs> I would be the guy on Twitter that if one of the commentators used the word fierce, I would be the guy on Twitter being like, "Dude, you can't use that word anymore." <laughs> what the, the appropriate way to respond if someone does say something is fierce is to go "Yas queen" and then <laughs> snap your fingers. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we I we've lost all rights to the word fierce. It is not it, it, it is not ours anymore. That's it. Vikings were not fierce, or if they were, they were doing it in high heels. June, you can still use it. June can still use it. You're a woman. You can women can be fierce. Like you can like and not not just women, but like if you want to wear a pair of high heels, those high heels can be fierce. Those are fi- those high heels are fierce. <laughs> Uh, 
you should definitely watch Drag Race. Me, I, I probably it. should. Well, I oh used my to, god! Like in the you I know, in the we're here, like so. Um, there was this man. He was um, he just you know heteronormative man. So he puts on a pair of high heels. You know that he's ever worn for the very first time, and he's standing there. And I think it's um, it's Eureka, and she's like, "Do your feet hurt?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." And she just kind of walks away and goes, "Welcome to drag, honey." And I just <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. oh, so uh, it's so good. I, 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 one of my favorite things they do on drag races is, uh, is reading each other. Oh. So. They basically, someone puts on this pair of glasses and it's called reading. And they basically just completely insult each person that's in front of them. And it's kind of like a rite of passage in the drag queen community to be able to read the, you know, your fellow drag queen stuff. And it's just, they're just throwing fucking bombs at people like really horrible shit. And everyone is on the floor crying. It's just, it's so good. Dan, you have to – okay, so RuPaul hosted – when Saturday Night Live before all of this stuff happened, um, this current season of Saturday Night Live, RuPaul hosted an episode, and there he did a skit where he goes into, like, a library to read the kids, except – Oh, oh that was so like, funny. No, it was so fucking funny. So, But what all he does is he picks up, like, books, like a Matilda book, and he's just like – girl, I don't know why you're wearing the hat, and just kind of just insults, like, the <laughs> characters on the cover, and he does this, like, three times, and then one of the parents is like, I'm sorry, I'm really confused, are you actually going to read the books? Like, like, I, where he's like I, they were like, we brought you here to read, and RuPaul's like, yeah, like, that's what I'm doing, and then it becomes this whole, like, oh, oh, you mean, like, read, like, throw shade, and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So reading is important. Reading is fundamental, as they say on the show. So good. So good. <laughs> but I, I mean, one of the reasons I, I've, I've sort of brought this up as well is because I very, very quickly tossed AJ and the Queen like a bunch of episodes ago, which is RuPaul's new series um, about RuPaul going on the road with this kid who lives in his uh, his apartment building and the kid like, doesn't have any parents and stuff. So he takes takes her with him on the, on the tour bus. And it is terrible. It's so bad. So what I, like, is that it. on? It's on Netflix, okay. um, but it's it's just it's just not good. It's not good. Oh. It's like, I mean, Bruce pretty good in it, but like he's trying to do very serious acting at points. It really doesn't come across. But it's n- not mainly the acting that is the problem. It's just like the general production and the way it's shot and the script is awful. But that all that aside, like you know. Drag Race is just so damn good. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up because it's something that I've loved for years. And I kind of felt a little bit bad shitting on Rue in, in his new new series. But, um, but yeah, no, Drag Race Season 12, Tupperware. And I'm definitely going to watch uh, We're Here as well. Yes. Awesome. I watched a show. It's a mini series on Netflix. I watched the first two episodes. It's called The Eddie. And a French club owner deals with the everyday chaos of running a live music venue in the heart of Paris. Uh, it's an American-created French musical drama television miniseries created by Damon uh, Damien Chazelle and uh, written by Jack Thorne. Uh, Damien Chazelle is the uh, director of Whiplash and La La Land and then, and then First Man. I- I've never seen La La Land, never had any interest. Just not my... Me either. 
thing. I haven't either. I didn't care. I loved Whiplash, and I thought First Man was pretty pretty damn good as well. Uh, this one stars Andre Holland. Uh, he played Kevin in Moonlight. He was in Castle Rock. Uh, he was in that uh, Battle at Big Rock or whatever the fuck it was called, that uh, eight-minute uh, Jurassic World <laughs> short that Ray wouldn't watch. And <laughs> All right. <laughs> I lo- fuck it. I love Ray. Ray's good people. I do. Uh, I was, like, waiting because I feel like the past couple episodes, like, there's been, like, I think he feel like he's been brought up a lot. So I was kind of yeah. like, oh, are we going to bring up Ray again? <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've brought up Ray more times Actually, if you if you combine the amount of minutes that I've brought up Ray in the last few episodes, <laughs> it amounts to more time than the actual battle at Big Rock or Boulder <laughs> Fuck or whatever the fuck that oh. thing was called. Uh, Joanna Kulig from Cold Wars in this. Uh, Amanda Stenberg uh, is in this. She was in the, the the Hate You Give movie that came out last year. That, that it's a phenomenal film. Um, I'm. Dan, I know you've watched one episode. June, have you started this? Yeah, I watched one episode. I honestly think I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this that I think you need to watch two. I think with this one you've gotta get to to the end of the second episode. I I think the first episode was fine, but I, I tupperware the fuck out of the second episode and I'm I'm kinda hooked on this on this series now after seeing two episodes and, and where it's yeah. going to go. I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you guys think about this one. There's a lot going on in this story, a lot going on in the story. You've got uh, Andre Holland's character of Elliot who lives in Paris. He owns a club called the Eddie. And one night he is confronted by some men who basically are saying that, you know, they owe him money. Uh, owe them money, uh, and he gets beaten up. Uh, he talks to his partner, Farid, who uh, tells him that, yeah, we owe $5,000 to these guys. I bought some cheap alcohol o- off of them. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to spoil a little bit of this one. Um, so if you don't want to know anything, just fucking jump ahead. But anyway... Um, you come to fi- come to find out, like there's a lot going on. He's got a he's got his daughter, who's now you know moved from New York City to live with him. Why is she there in Paris with him now? That's all explained in the second episode, and it, 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 there's a lot going on with this daughter. There's a lot. She's got a lot of problems that she's working through, and uh, very self-destructive character. She's doing a lot of things that she should not be doing. Put herself, putting herself into situations she should not be putting herself into. And um, and uh, he, uh, uh, you find out that it, they it, that he had a son at one time who is now dead. We we don't know why, and I think that that's what broke up the marriage of him and his wife, and that's why he moved away from New York, started a jazz club in Paris, hasn't been there for his daughter. Things happened with her in New York, and now that's why she's living with him. That's all revealed in the second episode. Um, There's a, oh my God, I'm telling you, I think like the second episode was kind of like the clincher for me as to like me finishing this series. Um, I'll I'll give the first episode a taste it. I'm going to give the second episode... Uh, an, an absolute Tupperware, and I'm curious to know what you guys thought because you've you've watched the first episode. Um, Dan, what did you think? It bored the living fuck out of me. <laughs> 
I'm telling that's that's why you got to watch two on this one. That's no, why. I don't got to do nothing. Oh, I know, I know. You 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 fucking watched one episode or two episodes of the end of the fucking world, and you didn't even get to like in that show. You didn't even get to like the the, the big fucking the the whole point of the goddamn show, and then you dropped <laughs> off of that. I'm not gonna watch it. You fucking dug your heels in the fucking sand. I ain't gonna watch it. I don't like Jerry Seinfeld. And like now you're doing the same with this shit you're missing yeah, out you're doing you're missing out on good shit because of that first fucking episode yeah make a good first episode that's what i say Fuck. <laughs> i say i say i say you're gonna be on pcl uh fucking do a little bit more homework I, i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying jesus christ you know one episode wonder over there that's it yeah an hour of my life that i'll never get back <laughs> Uh, no, like, I'm just, it's, it's just not for me. Uh, you know, it's, um, I'm not a big fan of like soap operas and that this is, this is what I thought this was. I mean, it might get different later on. I'm not saying this show is a complete fucking write off. I'm just saying for what I saw, it was very well made and it was very well acted. Um, and I just wasn't interested and I fucking hate jazz as well. God, the soundtrack uh, is fuck off. My mm-hmm. God. <laughs> but, but yeah, that apart from sense. that. <laughs> Was, no, no, I mean, it makes sense that you wouldn't like the like the first episode, though, because it, it's very – there's a lot of emphasis on the music. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician. Well, drummers don't count as musicians, but I'm a drummer. And, um, you know, I'm – I'm Drummers classic. don't count as musicians. Well, That's if, the instrument <laughs> I've always wanted to play. That's, like, the one instrument that I've always wanted to play. Well, if you look at, like um, – it's just sort of a thing that, you know, lots of other musicians say that, you know, drummers aren't actually musicians. And if you look at the uh, the Foo Fighters, um, on Dave's Girl Passport, it says musician under his occupation. And on Taylor Hawkins' passport, it says drummer <laughs> because he's technically not a musician. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, – yeah, it, you know, like I said, it's well made. It's well acted. Um I, I enjoyed the flipping between English and French. I think that was actually pretty cool. Uh, but it just, I just, just didn't grab me. There wasn't enough happening. Um, and I was just kind of like, ah, fuck it. I'll stop watching it. <laughs> now, I think we should judge everything off one episode. Half of our fucking listeners do when they listen to this piece of shit. And then I That's fucking true. read their goddamn reviews, their <laughs> iTunes bullshit. So let's just, re- let's just, you know, let's just uh, judge everything by what, what do you think, Joe? No, actually, I will give the uh, first episode a high taste. This is one that I will want to continue watching. Um, I I do like jazz, so that was a big draw for me. I did like the musical component of the show, but I think like that was a big draw for me. And the other one is, um, I think Andre Holland is fantastic. Um, he does a lot with his facial expressions. Like he he says a lot with just you know with his face and. I'm kind of his his character intrigues me because it's he's he's a good I think he's a good person but he's not very admirable like so far in the first episode you you can tell that he is someone who runs away from his problems like right you mentioned that you know he had a family in New York he has two kids one of the kids you know died and so he flees like he leaves New York runs off to Paris opens up a club and it's just Throughout the episode, you see when, like, things happen, he just doesn't want to face them. And, you know, he himself is a former jazz musician who, you know, had enough critical and commercial success. Like, he seems to be a fixture in the jazz community. 
and people were always wanting him to get up and he just he stopped performing on stage. So I don't know if it's the stuff that happened with his family in New York, but he has he will not perform anymore. Like he's someone who avoids his problems. And so you have your main character who is not a bad person, but doesn't have great quality. So that's something that I've always found intriguing. Yeah, he he runs away from a pilot episode. He doesn't go to the second episode. <laughs> runs away from it. You know, one you little fucking done. one one little stumble, <laughs> one little stumble, and you run away from the show. You just judge it <laughs> off of the one episode. Runs away, runs away. <laughs> Dan, I wasn't. I'll be honest. I wasn't blown away after the first episode. But you know what I did. You know what I did. I, I wasted your time. No, I fuck. I hunkered down because I do a sh- I do a podcast, and I want to make sure that I'm going in. I'm going in, and I'm giving people, you know, the 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 correct analysis on said show. But in your opinion, in Dan, <laughs> all opinions, yeah. all opinions should be valued. All opinions should be valued. And I, I, I know, I know you're going to get into yours and your bullshit one episode. I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nah, so I'm done. <laughs> Dude, I'm not this passionate about this show. I mean, like, this is not like, no, this is like, I, I, I thought the second episode was phenomenal. I don't know if it's going to stick the landing, but I think, I think the show really opens up in the second episode. They introduce a lot more into the second episode. Um, you know, the, they might be pinning him for uh, the his partner gets murdered, and they might be pinning. They might be trying to. The police might be trying to pin him on it. The daughter, mm-hmm. her life is she is very self destructive. Puts herself into some very uh, bad places where she should not be. And um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on here. I think there's some there's some really great acting going on with like Andre Holland. I think uh, fucking Amanda Stenberg. Um, from the hate you give, um, she, uh, playing the daughter here, uh, gives on, gives some great performances in this. I, I think this is one, like, I'm gonna recommend it. I'm gonna recommend it, but I'm saying to watch two episodes. I was going into this saying, like, you gotta watch two episodes because I, after the first episode, I was kinda like, yeah, let me look for something else to watch. And then I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go back and watch another episode and see where this goes. And I'm, I'm kinda hooked now, so. Um, this might I don't be know, that first episode was enough to, I mean, I gave the, I'm, I'm even the first, I've only seen the one episode and I'm giving it a high taste it. Um, yeah. I just, I wasn't able to continue because I was having to watch other stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might be that way for some people. For me, I thought the first episode just didn't, I don't know. Like if you liked the first episode, like a high taste, the first episode, you'll love the second episode because okay. the story really opens up and a lot more drama and and things like that kind of like come into play. Dan doesn't like soap operas. Dan doesn't <laughs> No, whatever, dude. Like I fucking dude, I grew up on fucking 90210, man. That's my shit. I fucking give me the drama. Give me the relationship drama. Give me all that shit. I fucking love it. Yes. Oh, I got you it. beat, hun. There. I got you beat there. I loved I was in the 90s. I was at days of our lives. Ooh, I love some days of our lives. See, I was more, I was, I was, I was 90210 in Melrose Place. Oh, I love I did though. I watched those too. Oh my God. I was bigger fan of Melrose Place than I was of 90210. God. Because they did so much crazier shit. Yeah, they like, did. 
Kimberly with the wig. Oh, that was amazing. Scar. Uh, have you ever seen? Yeah, that scar. Did you ever see Conan O'Brien's reaction to that? They fucking. Yeah. Oh my god, it's one of the funniest things fucking oh ever. God. Oh. Let's talk about yeah. Justice League: Dark Apocalypse War. Dan, did you, did you only watch the first twenty minutes of this one? No, I watched the, watched the first hour of it, and then I turned it off because I, it sucked. Are you serious? <laughs> no, of course I'm not. Oh my god, I was about ready to kick you off this fucking call. Uh, just this, just this. This just got released on Tuesday. This is the sequel to. Um, uh, 2017's Justice League Dark film. Uh, this is, it's Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. It's an adaptation of the storyline, the Dark Seed War. Um, Dark Seed, Dark Side, however you want to pronounce it. Anyway, um, following a poorly executed attack on Apocalypse by the Justice League resulting in to their gruesome defeat at the hands of Darkseid, Earth is decimated and ravaged by Darkseid's enemies. Now the remaining her- heroes and anti-heroes must band together to save Earth and defeat Darkseid once and for all. Um, Dan, have you seen the original Justice League Dark animated uh, movie? N- no, I have not seen that, but I have seen Flashpoint. Okay, Justice League Dark, the first animated movie i don't think that you have to watch this to watch that in order to watch this um there is a little bit of continuity but it's not huge i think it's just you know you know getting used to john constantine and and uh uh, i'll give that movie a taste it it's it's honestly it's not that great i don't like what they do with zatanna because they don't do a lot with her um they don't do a lot with zatanna in this but there's reasons but (laughs) and then the way that they handle swamp thing in that fucking 2017 justice league dark movie is not cool and batman's in the whole movie it's like they don't have confidence in the justice league dark team to not have batman in there it's fine what what do they do with swampy then what do they do what are they doing dirty in that then Mm, I'll spoil it if you want. Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. I mean, he basically just shows up and then ends up... It's weird because, like, he shows up and they end up kind of, like, killing him off at the end. Uh, He just kind of, like, untethers himself. Like, he he's defeated and he's untethered himself. They rip, like, the body of the man that's inside of him out. It's, it's fucking kind of gross. Huh. And That's weird. He, I don't know. I'm and he's got like he's got a score to settle with John Constantine. He hates John Constantine. Um, but as far as this movie's concerned, I oh my god, I fucking loved this. <laughs> this is fucking so amazingly executed and such a fun story. Um, you start off with this. Uh, this, basically Superman is, 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 is wanting to wage war on Apocalypse because he believes that Apocalypse is gonna wage war on the Earth and basically take it over because that's what he's been doing and he sent like, I think like scouts or something to Earth and, and he believes we gotta strike first. Well, unbeknownst to him, fucking Darkseid's watching his whole plan through, they, they've tapped into Cyborg. And he's, yeah, he's watching Superman give it their whole plan. So like, um, the war is basically kind of like, uh, uh, over 
in a matter, uh, I, I, I would imagine in a matter of moments. It doesn't last long and, and they're decimated. Uh, a lot of heroes die. Um, Shazam is beaten pretty badly and, and takes off. Um, a lot of heroes. How, how far are you going into spoilers for this? Well, I mean, I'm just going to give you the setup. I'm not going to totally, I'm going to give you some of the teases and stuff like that of like what's cool about this is like, okay. basically like he takes members of the Justice League and kind of like each one he uses for different things. Superman, he basically just wants to humiliate Superman and leave him mm. powerless, inject Superman with kryptonite. And so Superman is basically just like he's the equivalent of like a strong human male. I mean, at this yeah. point, he's not Superman anymore. His eyes glow green. His yeah, veins so cool. <laughs> his veins and his veins pump with like uh, Kryptonian, like with Krypton, with uh, with Kryptonite blood. And he's yeah. got like the he's got the Superman logo burnt into his chest, but in Kryptonite. And um and you've got Batman, who has now been—he's uh, basically an acolyte of Darkseid, and he's on—he's—he's he's sitting on this uh, on this chair, and he's—he's he's basically kind of like Darkseid's right-hand man. Lex, yeah, he's Lu- like his tactician, isn't he? Yeah. And then yeah. Lex Luthor is kind of like their uh, th- the, the the third guy in charge, and they've got him stationed on Earth, and he's kind of like their Earth uh, uh, contact. Um, Lois Lane has now become like a cage fighter. The Suicide Squad are one of the Earth's only hope to, to bring balance back, uh, uh, in, in this, in this upcoming battle. Um, King Shark is a shark. King Shark is a shark. King Shark, like, is fucking, he's brutal in this. He's he, so good. He's so good in this. I, you know, we're introduced back to Lois Lane, who's like in a cage match with Harley Quinn. I mean, mm, I fucking loved what they did with Lois in this. Yeah, and I mean, there's a bit where she's like uh, shooting a gun, and they're like, "How are you fucking such a good shot?" She's just like, "I'm an army brat," you know. Like she could take care of herself. She was moved around. It always like goes back to you know stuff that we read years ago. But just sort of things that kind of fall out of your brain that you forget. Yeah, she was like moved around from like military base to military base, and a, like a, was it a dad that was in the military or a mum as well? I forget. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so cool. It's just like these little lines that like dropped here and there, just sort of like going back to canon. Yeah, very cool. They got Matt Ryan to voice John Constantine. He was the uh, the live action actor that they had for the Constantine series. Yeah, um, that was weird. Not because not because of uh, the actual actor, but his. It was my one problem with it. By the way, I Tupperware this. I think yeah, it's fucking great. I'm there but, with you. My God, I don't know what Matt Ryan was doing with his voice because obviously, like, Constantine is from England mm-hmm. and I'm from England and his accent was all over the shop. He he sounded like me one second and then he sounded like an Irishman and a Scotsman and a Welshman, which makes sense because Matt Ryan is apparently Welsh. And he was like, he his accent was all over the place. It was the only thing that I didn't like about this. Hmm. Oh, dear. Yeah, because he's uh, from Liverpool, which is like up north. Yeah. And um, they, have a, they have a really, really distinct accent. I don't know if you ever watched Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know Lister from Red Dwarf? Yeah. That's Lister is from Liverpool. So that that's sort of like that his voice is how Constantine should sound. Uh, 
Uh, um, yeah, but aside from that, dude, this was so much fun. Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> this is so good. Like, 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 I, and like, I feel like it may sound like I've spoiled a lot, but like, in all honesty, really I, happened. I really, really haven't. <laughs> the story just gets so much more bizarre. Um, you know, I mean, uh, we, we get a lot of great reveals. We get, we get, we get a lot of great stuff from the Teen Titans. Um, yeah. Amazing uh, stuff from uh, Damien and Raven. Yes, I love Damien and Raven. Brilliant. And um, I mean, you get to find out like what happened to the other members of the Justice League. Uh, this movie's pretty fucking brutal too. I will say that like uh, Wonder Woman gets a fucking arm ripped off. Like you literally watch her get her arm yeah. ripped off. Um, there, uh, the 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 instead of using just standard parademons in this movie dark side has upgraded the parademons and they have blood from they they've basically been uh, uh bonded like it's a hybrid of parademons and doomsday yeah it's fucking insane and then and then then after he defeats superman he uses superman's blood <laughs> to I upgrade know. the parademons again it's so crazy it's, it's nuts. Just, uh, it's just like it just ramps everything up. Like from the beginning, you know, they're going to attack first. Like you were saying, they're going to bring the fight to like a dark seed, and it all goes to shit. And you're like, oh, what the fuck am I watching? And then you get, you know, Constantine and like the others kind of pulling together, getting a team together, and they have to hatch this plan how they're going to defeat Dark Seed. And it just like, oh, God. It just gets cooler and cooler as you go through it, and you just get all these characters coming in. And you're like, oh fuck it, you know, it's fucking. I just love seeing King Shark. Yeah, I've got to admit. Well, here's the thing. Like, okay, first off, Constantine does smoke a cigarette in this fucking animated movie, which they wouldn't yes. even let him do on the fucking show, which is awesome. Secondly, uh, in the comics, he's bisexual, and in this. They fucking mm-hmm. tease that, and it was fucking hilarious, dude. It was. <laughs> like, was so good. He's like, he's basically, he's like, he's he sees his ex, and and he and he mentions that his ex is there, and you see Harley Quinn, and you assume that his ex was Harley Quinn, and then all of a sudden you get a shot of King Shark winking at him, and you're just like, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh my god! John Constantine was in a relationship with King Shark. Uh, so fucking funny. Oh man, I, I, just showing my ignorance here. Who is like the gargoyle character? Oh, uh, I, honestly, it's if that's a Justice League Dark character that I'm not familiar with. But in the first movie, um, uh, is it Idrigoth? It's a he's a is demon. It, it, Etrigan. 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 He's a demon, and he was basically Merlin, um, uh, kind of cursed him and made him. It's kind of like a firestorm situation where like two people right. are like one. And so he was originally, um, like Merlin defeated him, and as this, like, knight medieval guy is dying that was battling him, he merged them together. So in the first movie, like he was a man that could turn into that. And then by the end of justice league dark, the man that resided within him died. And they actually, they spent like 
you know, thousands of years together and formed like a, a good friendship and he, that man ended up dying. So like, that's why you saw him all depressed and drinking in this movie is because he, oh, okay. yeah, he, he lost a close friend and, um, but yeah, he is so cool. Fucking dope. He's like, I love that. So guy. fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like almost like, uh, like Hulk or say like Hulk or Juggernaut just like walking through battles, but didn't want to fight anybody. You know, like all the bullets are like pinging off of him and people mm-hmm. are trying to attack him. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like no one could hurt him at all. It's fucking amazing. It's so and, like, good. You watch these characters, John Constantine. Um, that demon character that you mentioned, you watch like Raven and, and, uh, you know, fucking, uh, oh, excuse me, Zatanna. You watch mm-hmm. these characters and you're like, why in the fuck did we not get Guillermo del Toro on this movie? Like that I was, know. that was going to happen at one time. Like Guillermo del Toro was like rumored to be the director for a Justice League Dark movie. And like, now it's like, dude, like <laughs> they, I really want a Justice League Dark movie after watching this. Yeah, it was so fucking crazy. And the, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the stuff they do with Trigon, oh. uh, you know, Raven's, Raven's dad yes. is just fucking unbelievable. I know. It I was like, unbelievable. I was deliberating on whether I was going to bring up Trigon. So good. So yeah. good. Absolutely amazing. And I love the way that like, cause I mean, I've seen it obviously like on Titans on the show and stuff like that, but in this animated version where Raven kind of loses control and then she gets the four eyes like yeah. on her face, I was like, Oh shit, she's fucking pissed off now. <laughs> it's just, ah, oh, it was so good. I, I loved it. I, 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 I tap where the shit out of this. I enjoyed everything except for Matt Ryan's accent. But aside from that, it was so good. It was fucking amazing. Amazing. Loved I, it. I Tupperware the fuck out of this. This was just incredible. Rain Wilson was Lex Luthor in this. I know, he's such a weasley little voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's really trodden down. But again, something that I noticed in this, which was something that I brought up in the Batman versus Superman thing, which was I wanted, um, you know, uh, fuck. Who's the guy that played Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman? Uh, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. So, what I said on that review was I wanted him to be that like weird sniveling geek in public. And then in, you know, in his like quiet time and his private time when there's nobody else, then he becomes the Lex, you know, the posture changes and he becomes that sort of kind of very like authoritative kind of person. And they fucking did it in this because he's like talking to Batman. Yeah. And, and he's just like, he's like just bitching out the whole time. And then, when the all the comms break, break off and like, Batman disappears, he's like he's just sort of kind of slightly like hunched over, and then he just kind of stands up straight, and he has this completely different air about him, and it's just that's the Lex Luthor that I know, and you know he's he's playing the game, you know he's playing the game to see who's going to win, and that's exactly what he will fucking do. It's ah, oh, it's so good. I just love seeing characters that i know so well portrayed correctly in stuff and that little moment i was like oh so, num, 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 num. chef kiss Mwah. beautiful it's, it's so good it's, it's yeah justice league dark apocalypse war watch this this is fucking fantastic tupperware yeah. like so good i i i was <laughs> like honestly i was like not super excited to watch this after justice league dark because yeah. I like when I saw that I was like it's okay, and even without Zatanna being like, because Zatanna is my favorite 
female DC character. I love That's Zatanna. Badass. Yeah. Absolutely badass. And like with, even without her being like a big part, a big prominent part of this story or even the first one, I still loved this movie. So I took her the fuck out of it. We're going to blaze through these last three real quick. Um, I did watch, uh, an indie film called Bull. Uh, June, I know you got a chance to watch this as well. Yes. Uh, in, in a near abandoned subdivision west of Houston, a wayward teen runs headlong into her equally willful and unforgiving neighbor, an aging bullfighter who's seen his best days in the arena. It's a collision that will change them both. It's directed by Annie Silverstein. She's directed two shorts, Skunk and Spark. I haven't seen either of these, so this was my first introduction to this director. It stars Rob Morgan as Abe, Ambie Havard, and Yolanda Ross. And uh, it's bit, this movie is being described as the writer meets the wrestler. Um, and it's basically, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's in Houston and it's, it's, it's something I've never seen black rodeos. So, uh, black people that are like, uh, in the rodeo business and, uh, I, 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 I've never seen a movie that, that, that tackled this and, um, I don't know. What did you, June, what did you think about this movie? You know, I'm going to give it a solid taste it. I think the acting was really well done. Also, Rob Morgan, who plays the main character. So he's, um, if you've watched, if you're a fan of the Netflix MCU universe, um, he is a staple in all those shows. He's Turk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And like Luke Cage, uh, I think he, sh- I think he shows up in all of them at yeah. some point, but he, I, he's really great in this. And, um, the actress that plays, um, Chris, his 14 year old neighbor, like she, I think this is her very, she's a newcomer. I think this is her very first thing she's ever done. She was really good too. So the acting was very well done. Um, it is, it's, it's very naturalistic. Um, and it's there's not a lot of high drama. I mean, it is. I feel like it's very subtle in some ways. Um, I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. I, I don't know if I'd actually ever go back and revisit it, which is why it's just to taste it. But I, overall, I you know, it was it was a pleasant surprise. I'll give it a high taste. It. I would probably. I would probably years later. I'd probably watch this again. It's. I mean, it's. I've never seen anything like this. It's, you've got a girl who is just like partying and very young. Her mother's in prison and, uh, not really being supervised. And, uh, her grandma's having a really hard time, like, you know, paying the bills and taking care of her. And she's getting into trouble and she knows that her neighbor's gone on the weekends. She just walks into her neighbor's house, sees a liquor cabinet there, and then invites all of her friends to come over, and they all start drinking and trash this guy's house. And he comes back and, you know, catches her there, and then call the, he calls the police, and he says, you know, if you clean up my place, I won't, I won't press any charges. And she starts to clean the place and then starts to hang out with him a little bit, and finds out, you know, that she really is wanting to to kind of be a bull rider. And she gets into bull riding. And um it's it's a it's a real I think it's a very well done drama. So um and and um so I'll give it a high taste. I would probably watch it again, not immediately. But uh, I still I, the wrestler's better. Jesus Christ, that movie's fantastic. That fucking uh 
uh, Mickey Rourke movie. I love that movie. I think it's so good. Anyway, but I'll give it a high taste. It. Uh, I watched Space Spaceship Earth. Did you see this yeah. one, June? Yeah. I did. This is fucking it's weird. So it's so fucking weird. This is the fucking weirdest fucking documentary I've seen in a long time. <laughs> It's the it's the it's the true stranger than fiction adventure of eight visionaries, and this is based on a true story. Who in 1991 spent two years quarantined inside of a self-engineered replica of Earth's ecosystem called Biosphere Two. The experiment was a worldwide phenomenon, chronicling daily existence in the face of life-threatening ecological disaster and a growing criticism that it was nothing more than a cult. The bizarre story is both a cautionary tale and a hopeful lesson of how a small group of dreamers can potentially reimagine a new world. Um, yeah, Spaceship Earth. This was, <laughs> this was fucking weird. It was so fucking weird. I'm so pissed off that I missed this. It sounds fucking amazing. It's so weird. It's just... Okay. I don't remember this though. Yeah. Like, and the, do you remember the, them doing this? Like, like, all the news coverage. Yeah. And like, they're wearing like these weird space uniforms, but they're in the desert, and you're just like, "What is happening right now?" Oh my god. So these people are basically like they're all into like theater and drama, and they're all brought together by this fucking guy who they think is brilliant and that's why they they make you feel like it could have been a cult-like environment but they all follow this guy named john allen and john allen's this brilliant visionary and blah 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 and they do this theater and i mean you can see like he's doing all these breathing exercises with them in the theater and you see a lot of that shit going on in cults you know and so that's it's kind of crazy but anyway they fucking they uh they do this theater and then they then they just fucking like then they they leave San Francisco because they think it's being too co- it's too, too com- commercial too commercialized <laughs> and so they fucking leave San Francisco and then they and then what's weird is like all of a sudden all these people are building a ship and i was like what right. the fuck dan they just start building a ship and like the whole time was an arc. <laughs> the whole time i'm like thinking to myself like how are they getting the money for this? It's revealed. It's revealed. But the whole time I'm like, where are they getting the money to just build I'm this like, ship? How can you afford this? So these people are building this ship and they got this fucking one woman who's like the architect of this thing. And they're just building a ship. They're building a ship, a boat, a ship. And like just it's a boat. Not, not like a spaceship, but no, a ship. A ship. It's like a boat. It's a huge <laughs> fucking boat dude it's huge it's fucking huge it is and they fucking and, like, and the girl and oh and the the architect of the boat by the way it's not like she had a degree yeah. in like mechanical engineering or <laughs> anything like mechanics anything like she i don't even know what her fucking background was she here's the like, thing designed the boat i'm like what the fuck how do you even know how to make a boat here's the thing here's the thing though like people listening there's like I don't think I'm hearing the whole story. I think I'm missing something. I think there's something you're not telling me about this. No. These, these they were the, <laughs> it was a theater group. They lived in, they were uh, not scientists. <laughs> they were not scientists. They, very smart people though. Like very smart people. They didn't do drugs. Uh, they claim it wasn't a cult. They moved away from San Francisco because they thought it was commercialized. They fucking moved. So I can't remember where they went to, but they fucking started building New Mexico, a, New Mexico. New Mexico. And, they built a ranch. They built that one ranch. They built a ranch and they started building a boat, 
a ship. And so they, they built this fucker and then they hired a tugboat to pull them out into the water. They don't know if it's going to float or sink. They have no fucking idea. And then it fucking, it starts floating. It's a working ship. Now check this the fuck out. You think like, oh, success. Our ship works. Let's call it a day. Nope. Fuck no. They're on fucking raging waters and they're just out to sea, man. They're just fucking out to sea. And they're fucking like, they're like, there's fucking like waves and shit and they don't, they don't even know how to operate this fucking thing 100%. None of them have any nautical experience, by the way. Yeah. None of them have any idea how to navigate the ocean. But where do they go? They go to all these places. They go to France. They go all over the fucking world. They fucking go yeah. all over the fucking world. They're going to India. They're going to all these fucking places. They had all these pictures and shit that they were showing they were just fucking traveling the world and they're fucking shit they performed. and they, they were performing shows. and then like all this uh, and then it's revealed that the, that this this billionaire uh from the bass family probably the fourth wealthiest at the time family in the world uh ed bass uh the second oldest son of this family was funding uh he was friends with john allen and funding some of these projects he would send them to different places and they would build they built a they, they built that fucking hotel Yes. In, in Kathmandu. Uh, in Kathmandu. And, and, and like, fucking weird people. And like, these were the same people that were in this Biosphere 2 experiment. And, uh, this kind of sheds some light on like what really happened in there and, and, uh, how it wasn't, uh, and I know the media kind of exposed it at the time too, but like, it's one of those things like I remember this, but I didn't follow it so closely. So like, this was kind of an incredible documentary in my opinion. I, I'm going to give it a high taste it. It's it's bizarre. It is bizarre. I think I think it's worthy of a watch. I ho- I'm hoping this shows up on Netflix. I think people would kind of eat this up. Oh yeah. What do you What do you think, uh, June? I'm gonna give it a taste. It. Um, the one thing is, I feel like what the documentary wanted. I think it was trying to show like we weren't actually a cult. Um, for me, I feel like that first half though, before you get into the Biosphere Two stuff, uh-huh. and that was actually like what I really wanted to like get into like that was and that really is come on they were all like fucking half of it. they were all fucking john allen right uh, because the way they were explained it's like well i had a relationship with him yeah but and then they pause and then it's like but it was very platonic and then the next person is like yeah we had a relationship and i'm like Okay, and then the third person is like, oh, he asked me to marry him, but, like, not in a romantic way. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how is this not a cult? John Allen was fucking all these women. I guarantee you. So John Allen is basically, like, the doc guy from Tiger King, like the guy with the ponytail. Oh, yeah. So he, like, had, like, a little harem of women. He's the the doc antler. It seemed like it. And he just... So, and unfortunately, though, I feel like... No, I do think, like, they wanted to do this documentary. They wanted to be, like, everyone at the time, they called us this weird cult, and, you know, they they bash our project and everything. And then you're just, like, but the first whole half of the documentary, you're kind of, that's evidence that you're a cult. <laughs> like, it is. I feel like it is. Like, it just, like, the whole, like, them on the boat and, like, going around the world, like, that's very Scientology. Like, if you ever, like watch any of like site like scientology documentary about Elron hubbard like that's what he did he did like people on a boat and went around the world like it so 
mean, I'm kind of like, I don't really, so now I'm like, I don't really know what your message is here now, like what you're supposed to take away from it. And the one other thing too, I know we make fun of timestamps and I don't think that you should ever use timestamps, Brian, but I feel like in this documentary, timestamps would have actually been useful when you finally get into the biosphere because I kind of wanted to know like, oh, how long have you guys been there when, oh, you know, the CO2 levels rise? How long were you guys, like, how long were you guys stuck in this thing, you know, mm-hmm. with the CO2 levels, like, being this high? And so I, that I kind of wanted to know. Um, it does have some really weird twists and hers. I'm not going to give away spoilers, but it's just so weird, like, the people involved in this. Like, a certain former senior advisor to the current president of the United States does somehow show up at the end of this. And you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, it's just... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. And you're like, why are you here? <laughs> Fuck, I'm so watching this. <laughs> you are. You would love this, dude. Oh, my God. And you're just like, why? Why, is, why did it go this way? Oh, oh man. God. That sounds amazing. It's wild, man. Oh. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Last thing, I last... think I need to watch it again. I need to, I need to watch it again. Yeah. So. No, last thing that we're going to talk about here real quick is I saw this on Firewalk, uh, firewireblog.com and it was the trailer for, um, inmate number one, the rise of Danny Trejo. And yeah. it was, uh, it was Cinco de Mayo and, and they, and they dropped this to celebrate Mexican heritage. It's the trailer for this documentary, uh, the rise of Danny Trejo. Uh, it, it, it pays homage to Danny Trejo's heritage, uh, his Mexican roots and his Los Angeles upbringing as he gives fans a firsthand look into the extraordinary life journey that molded him into Hollywood's most unlikely hero. Uh, the film will be available on digital uh, in the U.S. on July 7th. And um, he came from a life of hard drugs and armed robberies to Hollywood red carpets and mentoring addicts. Uh, this is the telling of one of the most radical and uplifting transformation stories of human character ever put to film. Uh, it's directed by uh, Brett Harvey. Uh, who's uh, an award-winning filmmaker. He did Ice Guardians. I've not seen that. But uh, you guys watch this trailer, uh, and I think I think this looks fantastic. I, I think, like, uh, one of the coolest things that was kind of, like, shown in the trailer is just the fact that he says that everything good that's ever happened to him was because of something good that he did for someone else. And I think mm-hmm. that, that's a, like, yeah. it's like you look at a guy who, who looks just so, like, rough and so hard, and he's giving you this message that, that you know, that we would typically feel like we would hear from Mr. Rogers. And it's like, oh, my God, like, like this guy is, he, he did, he grew up with a, a rough, hard life. I, th- I think that like, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to watching this documentary. I think like this can be like a very uplifting thing and a very kind of like, 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 oh my God, why can't I be doing this? Why can't I change my life? If this guy did look, look at him. Why can't I, do, why can't I change my life too? And I'm not saying like everybody's going to fucking change their life and become a fucking, you know, character actor and then go on to be a, a leading man in a movie called Machete. I'm just saying that like, I think, I think it's a great message of like, um, how, how you can change yourself just by making, um, pulling yourself out of a situation and making different choices. I, I, this trailer was just so fucking awesome. What'd you guys think? Uh, yeah, same as. I, I just, just going from what you said there, the trailer starts by telling us that Danny was addicted to heroin when he was 12. And it's like, 
Do you think that that's the way that he started his life and now look at him? I just went to his IMDb page. I don't think I've ever seen such a long list of performances in my entire life as an actor. It's fucking ridiculous the amount of stuff this guy has been in. And knowing, like, just from the trailer, I didn't know anything like this about Danny Trey at all. I didn't know about his past or anything like that. I knew he was a badass motherfucker. That's blatantly obvious. But I didn't know how bad he had it. And, yeah, like you said, man, I will be 100% watching this because it's just an inspirational story and like I've been a big fan of his since I watched um, Desperado for the first time and yeah just uh, yeah, it, the, the trailer speaks for itself basically go 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 I'm getting no, teary eyed <laughs> I talk about the trailer too I talk about Danny Trejo as a person um, what's so funny so my husband's best friend actually met him like a couple years ago That's and so it's so cool. funny because he was like but he was like he was kind of almost scared to like approach him because you know Danny and for a while you know he was kind of typecast as like the bad guy and he does have that hard grizzled look uh turns out Danny Trejo is like the sweetest like he is like when you say Mr. Rogers Brian like he is the sweetest man ever like my husband's best friend was like he just said oh my god like that man was like a teddy bear just <laughs> dripping just, no like the man was dripping in sweetness and so I like after hearing that story and then watching this trailer, like I am so excited for this documentary. Same. Oh my god, can't wait for this. Uh, July seventh, I think. Yeah, it'll be video on demand. I think. I'm renting that. Yeah, I'm I will renting shell it. out the twenty bucks for that. Yeah, and it's going to be available on digital on July seventh. So okay. yeah, well, well, I'm going to try to remember to put the trailer for this one in the show notes, and if they aren't there. There's this thing called Google. And you can, you can <laughs> search, that? yeah, you can search, uh, inmate number one, the rise of Danny Trejo. And I'll even spell it for you. T-R-E-J-O. There you go. You don't, I mean, seriously, I've done half of the legwork for you. <laughs> seriously, the only thing I haven't done is sat down in front of you and typed it into your fucking browser. <laughs> And if I if I'm at that point, I'm not going to be as friendly as Danny Trejo. If I have to do that for you, you fucking worthless piece of shit. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know where I'm going. Let's. I we need to wrap good pop, bad pop, and move into news. Can I do one small thing next? Oh Jesus small. Christ! Come it, on! Oh my God! Fuck my life! Yes. <laughs> Right, it's because it's not something you watch. Um, the parks, so Parks and Recreation, the cast got together, did a reunion special two weeks ago, and guys, it is phenomenal and fabulous. It is, it, yes, it is fan service, but it is absolutely phenomenal. If you watch Parks and Rec, the way they have done this, it's so organic, and it just it it makes you miss this crazy group of small government employees. But you get everything. Not only do they get the entire cast back, but they also bring in your side characters like, you know, uh, Jason um, Manzugo, um, Ben Schwartz, and Paul Rudd. Like, it's just, it's so great. So if you're a Parks and Art fan and you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu right now. Go watch it. It will definitely brighten up your day. And it ends with an all-too-familiar, crazy, ridiculous song that will make you cry in a good way. So, Tupperware. Tupperware. Total Tupperware. <laughs> Are you done? 
Yes, I'm done. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go Leslie Nope on you, all right? I had to throw That's it fine. In there, so. I'm, I'm terrible about that, like remembering, other, like you know what I mean? Sometimes people just, you know, Rebecca sometimes will tell me something like she wants to cover, and then I'll be like, um, are, we're done. Are, no, I'll be like, are, are we done? Whatever, and we're done. And she won't speak up. Rebecca won't speak up, and then, like, after the episode's over, I'll realize that, oh, my God, Rebecca was going to talk about this thing, and she didn't talk about it, and it just goes unspoken. Like, I never I never reach out to her and be like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I never fucking let you talk about that one thing, and she never brings it up. It's just one of those things. But June, on the flip side, won't let me fuck. she won't let me fucking get away with this shit. No. Jesus Christ, your husband has I to. I am. No, I do. Your husband has to be losing on, his. Online. Which Parts and Rec character are you? I am fucking Leslie Nope. I don't I know. I am Amy Poehler's character. Your husband has to be losing his mind. Oh, no. You won't I let anything he, go, will you? No, he's actually not here. I made him go, like, away. I no, I, 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 under, I understand. Mm, I'm <laughs> I get it. Oh, no. Our first date, our first date, I said, oh, no, dude, like, I have a lot to deal with. So you're, uh, I was upfront about well, it. Well, you fucking, yeah, at least you warned I'm them. I'm so chill. I'm like, I'm so chill and laid back, and I just go the flow. I, I was upfront. I was like, dude, I have a lot. Like, you're going to, this is a lot to deal with. That, you know, <laughs> does he ever go to that blood pressure machine? Where it no. fucking where it fucking pumps your arm he and shit. He's in perfect health. He's actually he's in better health than I am. His blood pressure is better than mine. He's fifteen years older than me. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's say let's, 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 I'm just hey. All I was trying to get at is like, like I respect the man. Does. <laughs> Some army members got to meet him a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah, we played Cards Against Humanity, and um, so like Nana and Mar and the Marables and Paul Hart, Wayne Brinius and Winkler. Yeah, they had to meet him. I'm fucking with you, June. Jesus Christ, I, I, June, you're 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 great people. I'm just fucking with you. I, I know I'm a lot. Though. I'm not. No, I am not saying that. Too. Like the man <laughs> that is in a, that that is married to you is in is in um uh it's it it could end up killing him. That I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not. I was implying it jokingly. But I'm not saying that, like, being married to you would raise a man's blood pressure and possibly kill him. <laughs> <laughs> because you won't let anything go. No, no. I'm I'm fucking with you, June. June is one of June is one of the sweetest, most outgoing people you'll ever meet. She might she she might she might drive you into a grave, but she's a fucking wonderful person. Until you get in that grave, you will love me. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's. Oh, fuck. I, I might die. Um. Let's see. Here. Let's. 
on this episode. That would be fucked up. Wouldn't that be fucked up? Like, oh my god, we talk about this. Ha ha ha. And then I'm dead. And you're like, hey, Brian, Brian. Oh, is it, is it one of those moments where Luther fell asleep? No, Brian died. Brian died during this episode to bring you entertainment. Ent- entertainment. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we're back, and it's it's time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hold on, my cat is fucking tangled up in the cords. (laughs) (laughs) He... Hold on. God damn it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, he. He's like, you, you ever see that scene in Lord of the Rings where fucking uh, Frodo is tangled up in that fucking spider's web? Yes. That was yeah. my cat in the courts. <laughs> that was my cat. All right. All right. Hold on. Here we go. Pop Closer Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Yeah, he was just trying to rub my legs. That's all he was trying to do, and he gets all fucking wrapped up at shit. Anyway, um, you know what? I, you know, I want somebody to make me a mask for this COVID nineteen. One of these masks. I want them to make me an Eric Stoltz mask from the movie oh, mask. God. <laughs> I want a Rocky Dennis mask, and the, for the people when I go out in public, for the people that get it. They'll get it. And they'll be like, ah, I get it. <laughs> That'll be like a whole headpiece, surely. Yeah. Not just like around your mouth or anything. Yeah. My brother in law. like a crash helmet. My brother in law, his brother is wearing, uh, Stormtrooper Invader masks when he goes out. Oh, man. That's awesome. No, I, I, I saw, saw a lady. lady go- Stormtrooper. I was just going to say, I saw a lady stormtrooper who got arrested the other day because she went out in a stormtrooper outfit and she had her like blaster and the police arrested her because she said she wasn't allowed to carry an unconcealed firearm in public. Oh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Good job. (laughs) uh, You know, we, Ziggy and I on our walk a couple weeks ago ran into a lady stormtrooper and Ziggy was fascinated with her and uh 
she was she and her um her boyfriend and her husband were walking behind us and he kept trying to like turn around and go back to her and so they had to like cross the street because the dog wouldn't walk with me. He was fascinated by the lady stormtrooper. No. What kind of a doggy ziggy? He's a Maltese, so he's a little ten pound little white fur ball. Oh <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys run with this. <laughs> I want to hear talk dogs for <laughs> the next hour. <laughs> uh, news from Deadline. Uh, this is uh, an exclusive. Tom Cruise and Elon Musk's um, Elon Musk SpaceX are working on a project with NASA that would be the first narrative feature film and action adventure to be shot in outer space. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing movie ever is happening, Dan. Oh my god. Oh. God, that's Can so Can we call insane. Rebecca right now? I want to get her thoughts on this. Oh, <laughs> oh Rebecca? Are you kidding you me? Rebecca. She would just shit on this. She would call it a piece of shit. <laughs> she would just be like, I'd love to hear her thoughts on this. Now he's going to space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah, we're actually going to go into space and film a film. That's fucking awesome. It is awesome. It's insane. It's just, it's just so weird. NASA it's has very con- Tom Cruise, though, right? It's like, so Tom Cruise. Like he's very, he's he's sticking to his like. I want to be the person actually doing the stuff. NASA confirmed it. Uh, NASA made it official that partnering with uh, Tom Cruise to shoot a film, at least in part, aboard the National Space Station. And uh, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine uh, tweeted on Tuesday, NASA is excited to work with Tom Cruise on a film aboard the space station. We need popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make NASA's ambitious plans a reality. So it's fucking happening. And what I but I've heard like amazing. that NASA training isn't that NASA training is no joke. I've heard like he'll do it. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to do all of that. Like, yeah, he will. Yeah. I mean, but you think that he would have had to done a bunch of training for Maverick as well, because like in you know like for the G's that they get when they're like doing turns and stuff in the, the planes that he was actually in. So he would have had to do a lot of those techniques i can't remember what the hell they call it but it's like basically you have to like tense your entire body to force the blood like i think it's to keep the blood in your head so you oh, don't they, sent, they put you in a centrifuge basically yeah. that's what they do yeah yeah crazy. and there's, there's a technique that you do you, you tensor your muscles and it keeps the blood where it needs to be uh when you're pulling a certain amount of g's because otherwise you fucking pass out so if you're gonna go into space if you're gonna go in a rocket to space to, i can't believe we're saying this to film a movie <laughs> he's gonna probably have to do something like that but i mean we know the guy's in tip-top form you know he's been fucking fit as a fiddle for what 25 years something like that so it's gonna happen incredible it's gonna happen is he's gonna go up there he's gonna start filming this thing and then the second strain of this coronavirus is gonna come down here (laughs) it's gonna kill everybody we're all gonna fucking die and then the only the only pe- person that's going to be left is like Tom Cruise and the people on this space station, and then he is going to become the ruler of Earth when he comes back when we're oh all God. dead. 
God, it sounds like a bloody Ray Bradbury novel. Oh, that's no, terrifying. Like, now we've now we've like crossed over in a Planet of the Apes territory. Have you accepted Tom Cruise as your personal savior? That's what we're oh. going to hear. In He's about. like the new L. Ron Hubbard. He is the new L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. I'm looking. Yeah. For, I am looking forward to this fucking movie. A movie shot in space. I hope it's just not a gimmick. You know. Well, I mean, if you think about all the amazing stuff that we saw in Apollo 13, where they did the when they filmed it, they did the parabolic runs <laughs> in the planes um, to actually get that anti gravity effect wasn't even you know basically happened you know whether like the liquid was in the air and they were spinning around properly do you remember those scenes in what in apollo 13 the tom oh the fucking tom hanks movie yeah yeah Yeah. because but so in that what they did i don't know if you know but they put them in like a big cargo plane and then they they took out all the all the chairs and everything and it's they dressed it up to look like the inside of um, a space station or you know shuttle whatever it is that they were in and um and then they go on a parabolic run which basically means that the plane will like climb and then drop and it does this kind of wave formation and then every time the plane goes down um they float in the air so all of those parts of that film that you see where they're like squeezing liquid and like eating it in the air and stuff like that that's all fucking real so that's what we're going to get but probably way way more and com- like completely legitimate i can't wait a, for wow. when, i can't wait for when pornhub is like up in space <laughs> oh, God. i want to oh, see God. i want to no. i want to no. see somebody no. in zero gravity yes i want to see somebody in z- <laughs> I want to see somebody in zero gravity just jerking off, and then I, I just want to see fucking jizz like floating and shit. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, like it's fucking like it's fucking yogurt, and then I want to see I want to see some fucking like you know fucking like uh, porn star just like just fly across the screen and gobble that shit up. No, I do. Oh my yes, God. yes, that's hot. It's hot. It's hot, man. Uh, NTG fucking money shots. Oh, God. That's fine. It's going to be a great film. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Fucking splat in the face. uh, uh, (laughs) That is fucking hot. <laughs> it's really oh not, God, not. Uh, dude, it, dude. But it, it, they literally, he literally shot that in space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, space, in, and they were, dude. The title of it is like called. It's called Space in Your Face. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Shit. News from uh, why did you have to do that? Because these horrible images floating in my head no, now. I can't. Uh, no, Ellie, I can't. There's like, horrible. Hear that. There's horrible images <laughs> floating into her head in my fucking oh, version of that movie too. <laughs> oh shit! So I'll have some more beer. Jesus. <laughs> News from Dark Horizons. National Treasure is getting a Disney Plus series. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Clyde oh, spoke with. I fucking love it. Yeah, I fucking love it. They're, we're getting a third movie, by the way. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer confirmed this. Uh, we're, he says, uh, we're certainly working on, uh, one national treasure 
for streaming, and we're working on one for the big screen. I fuck- see. I I love the first one, but the second one is terrible. I, don't I think re- the first one's really really good. It's a good yeah. fun sort of almost like Sherlock Holmesy sort of film, and then the second one is so ridiculous. You didn't like Helen Mirren and John Boyd as parents? What? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> was, was is the second one where there's that big where there's a big disc? Is that right? And they've got to yes. like. Yeah, it is that one. Yeah, that was the one I hated. But yeah, I love the first one. I must have seen that like that ten times. Oh, I think it's so great. Good. So looking forward to a third one. Sean Bean as the bad guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. And the classic, you know, Americans versus the English. It was always good. I mean, I in, in, a, in a Disney Plus series, I'm looking forward to this. I love I love National Treasure. I think they're great. Yeah, I'm in, man. I am yeah. in on this. Chris Hemsworth was... Uh, uh, in a movie recently called Extraction. Dan, did you see Extraction? Oh, no, I haven't watched it, but it is on my watch list. So when I get through a bunch of other stuff, I'll be watching it. June, have you watched Extraction? No, I haven't. Anyway. <laughs> Joe Russo. What? I don't know. Is it Joe? Like they just here's the here's the article. Russo tells Deadline. Like which which Russo is yeah, there's it? Two of them. There's two. Of, I think it's Joe. I think Joe Russo was talking to Deadline. He said that uh, the deal is closed for me to write Extraction Two, and we're in uh, the formative stages of what the story can be. We're not committing yet to whether that story goes forward or backward in time. We left the big loose ending that leaves question marks for the audience so neither of you have seen it so i don't know if this means anything to you but uh i heard that the end is ambiguous yes and the director said that he wants you know people to make up their own mind i gotta about think what happens totally i, I gotta think that this next movie is going to be a prequel I, I personally i would like the story to go forward i want to fucking know what happened but yeah we'll see what happens uh so, um, yeah, um, he goes on to say there, uh, there was always a simple drive to the story, a, uh, a balletic execution of action where you take a damaged character who made an egregious mistake in the past and has shot, has a shot at redemption, which might be fatal. Uh, what was key is what we, is that we needed a muscular action director like Sam to be the main creative force in the execution of the action. They're talking about Sam Hargrave, the director for this one. He was a stuntman turned director. And, uh, I'm excited for Extraction 2. I, I, I really liked it. So, yeah, I fucking loved Extraction. Give me Extraction 2. I want more. Shoot it in space. I don't give a fuck. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, I mean, like you said, it's probably going to be a prequel because of the way the first film ended. I think I'm not going will. to say what I think happens, but I think I know by what people have said about it. I think it'll be a prequel, and I think they'll bring uh, David Harbour into it. He was in this movie, and I think it'll be kind of like a buddy, kind of like David Harbour, kind of Chris Hemsworth movie. We'll see. Oh, that that'll be fun. That sounds cool. That would yeah, be that fun. does sound fun. Uh, news from Dark Horizons. Nicholas Cage has been cast as Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh, God. This is, uh. It's a, it couldn't be anyone else, could it? It had to be Nicholas Cage. Oh it's, uh, an upcoming eight episode scripted series adaptation of the story currently in the works at CBS Television Studios and Imagine Television. 
So, uh, so it, it's not necessarily going to go to CBS or CBS All Access. Um, this is just CBS Television Studios and Imagine Television. Imagine Television, that's Ron Howard's company, correct? Uh, no idea. Okay. No, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, Imagine is uh, Ron Howard's uh I'm pretty, I'm 90% sure that Imagine Television You need, your, you need a Jamie to confirm. Who? I need a, a Jamie. Jamie? I don't know, fuck. I, that, that would be a clusterfuck if I had some person on here looking up shit. <laughs> they, they'd fuck, I'd just be yelling at him like Ray that entire episode is what would happen. Yeah, you're, you're right, it is Ron Howard. It's Ron, thank you, thank you. That's why, that's why I'm on this show. Um, that's, that's why I'm not an off mic producer, fuckheads. Um, it's titled, uh, Joe Exotic. The series recounts how Joe Schreib Vogel built his, uh, private zoo in Oklahoma and his fight to keep it even at the risk of losing his sanity. It will explore how Joe became Joe Exotic and how he lost himself to a character of his own creation along with detailing his feuds with Jeff Lowe and Carol Baskin. Uh, American Vandal showrunner Dan Lagana and Paul Young optioned the Texas Monthly article on the story mid-last year, and Cage has been in talks to play the lead role since April. So, yeah, this is happening. Nicholas Cage I mean, is going to be Joe Exotic. I mean, that's, it, that's cool and everything, but there was another part of that article that came down below that I was far more interested in. Did you read that bit about... Kate McKinnon. Uh, SNL alum Kate McKinnon set to executive produce and play Baskin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. She'll get it. I think she'll get it down. She'll she'll be able to pull that off. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I agree, but I just want to see what she does with that because that's going to be fucking crazy. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I th- I feel like Tiger King was so April 2020. Oh yeah, sure. It's old hat now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I I feel like Netflix wanted to keep the ball rolling, and like this is I, this is I don't think this is going to go to Netflix, but we'll see. I don't know if this is going to capture the nation's imagination the way that like that um our attention the way that uh the way that the documentary did when it first came out yeah i mean sorry go for it gene oh no i was just saying like i wonder though like and i've been wondering this and my husband like he watched like he watched up until the point where um i forgot his name but one of the husbands like accidentally shot himself like that and my husband was like i don't want to watch this anymore so he never finished the series but he he's like i wonder if this is so popular because no one has anything else to do like if this was just a normal april if this was a normal april no coronavirus no quarantining would this have been the phenomenon that it is i mean baby yoda took off I mean, I don't know. It's it's That's hard. True. It's hard to say. Like that is like, true. Baby would, Yoda did did take over the world. That's but true. I don't know. I mean, like it's one of those things where I think maybe it was the perfect storm where it was like April and like coronavirus and people aren't working and people are at home and everybody's watching Tiger King and telling everybody else to watch Tiger King, or I don't know. It's like. 
like think about this like what if um I honestly I think that this would have been super popular regardless because like watch uh like making a murderer was huge but I I don't I don't think like if making a murderer came out during the coronavirus April I don't know if it would be as big as Tiger King cuz Tiger King just had like the crazy characters that were so memeable you know like yeah mm. It was, I think that, I mean, I've never seen a documentary or a set of documentaries like this before because it was like watching like an eight hour film because at the end of every bloody episode, something even more insane happened. Yeah. And so it was like, first, you know, we, we learn about Joe and everything. And then like at, in the next episode, we learn about Carol. And then at the end of that episode, they're like, oh, and we think she killed her husband who disappeared yeah. off the face of the planet. And we're like, I, was, I remember I messaged you, Brian. Yeah. I was like, the end of episode two or three or whatever it was, I was like, what the fuck is happening in this show? You're, you're totally right, though. Every episode ended with, it pretty much they were saying like, oh, you think this shit's crazy? Oh, just wait till the next episode. Like that's how each episode ended. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, the perfect storm is is a very good way to you know describe it. But I do think it was masterfully edited and told because it actually had a cliffhanger at the end of every episode, and it's yeah. a bloody documentary. It's just like, yeah, what, what is happening? And then of course, like, so you got <clears throat> the Carol thing, and then all the stuff with like you know um, uh, her husband's family, and then the guy shooting himself and uh, people losing limbs and it was just what the fuck is going on i think it it, i think i think it would have taken off i think it would have taken off but i don't think it would have taken off as quickly without this coronavirus i think even making a murder when making a murder came out it did not people weren't not everybody was talking about it like i think it came out in like late late in that year like in December, but nobody was really talking about it. It didn't really blow up until like January or February of the next year. Like then people, so like, but like with everybody being forced to be at home and just, you know, wanting new content, I think people just kind of like, okay, what's Tiger King? And then like word spread like wildfire. So, Because mm. yeah. I mean, Tiger King is very similar to, did, did you ever watch the Louis Theroux um, documentaries? Uh-uh. Did you ever watch? Uh-uh. Well, it, it's like this English dude, this tall English guy with like glasses. And he did, he did a bunch of them. And each episode he would be going to a different thing. So he did one on Scientology. He did one on the porn industry. He did one on, Nazis that live in South America. He he just he went to all these incredibly strange places. He did one of wrestling, and watching Tiger King is like watching eight episodes of Louis Theroux, but they're all the same thing, and it gets more and more extreme every single time. So, just it, and that's the thing. Like Louis was huge over here, and he's done a lot of stuff in America as well. And each one of his episodes, that sort of thing happened. It would get more and more ridiculous as he went along. He has this very special way of kind of pushing the people that that he's that he's hanging out with and doing the documentary on because he's got that very typical like English thing of just very kind of straight laced 
asking incredibly direct questions and people don't mind at first but then they start getting pissed off with him and then eventually they explode it's pretty damn funny but yeah tiger king is like one of those episodes but there's eight of them and it's all of the same people and more and more shit happens it's just it is just crazy that bloody thing is so good yeah. i mean i say good <clears throat> people have died but you know it's, it's so fucked up it's good i don't care it's a fucking train wreck let's just like in the 90s we were all watching fucking jerry springer jerry springer so yeah <laughs> good I mean, uh who else was uh but uh ricky lake yeah, that but, was the other one. But Springer was the Joe Exotic of like yeah. trash TV. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think former mayor of Cincinnati. They're fucking coming out with a. They're trying to come out with a Joe Exotic clothing line. Oh, Jesus Dude, Christ. I fucking I fucking called it when we interviewed Brittany Pete June. I yeah, called it that they were gonna fucking they were gonna have Joe Exotic uh, Halloween costumes. It's gonna happen. I'm I'm calling. Oh, yeah. it. I'm still calling it. It's gonna fucking happen. So yeah, oh, yeah. It, and, and when cons are back up and running, that's gonna be cosplayed. Oh, oh totally, <laughs> totally. You're gonna see Doc Antler fucking cosplays, and he's gonna have like a fucking bunch of women around him. You know what I mean? That's, okay, that guy. Okay, that's fucked up. So I've been living in South Carolina for 20 years. I had no idea that we had a fucking endangered species polygamy cult in the state like what the fuck i'm watching this documentary he's like i'm in myrtle beach and i'm like i'm in myrtle beach many times like i've lived in this state. what what is this place they, they, they need a better marketing team mm. i think <laughs> like, what is this what is this it fucking comes in riding on a goddamn elephant i fucking i got it i got it i got a message from uh our friend leo um, a couple, yeah, maybe about a month ago, and he's like, "Dude, I think I went to that Joe Exotic Zoo." Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, you should you should message Leo about that. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he went there. <laughs> so I want, I want to see pictures. <laughs> him with like loads of like tiger cubs around him, just. <laughs> oh God, no, no. <laughs> Um, oh wow! We should find out this week, within a week, what Warner Brothers is going to do with Tenet. Like we know that uh, Nolan has been pushing for that July release. Warner mm-hmm. Brothers is going to make the decision, right? This yeah, because it's up to them, right? It's not up to him. Well, a new report in Variety states that Warner Brothers Pictures is currently set to decide the fate of the film's release this week with the decision coming this far out to allow the studio the necessary time required for a decent marketing campaign. Um, AMC, Regal, and other major cinema chains are hoping to have a majority of their cinemas back up and in operation in North America by July. Um, So, yeah, we'll find out what Warner Brothers is going to do if they're going to keep that uh, mid to late July date. For Tenet. Man, that synopsis sounds fucking crazy. Oh, for the Tenet? The movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to read the synopsis. I'm going to go in cold on this one because I saw the trailer and I said, well, I, you know what? I'm just not going to read anything. I'm just going to go in not knowing what's happening. 
Oh, I haven't even seen the trailer. So. Oh, the trailer is just doesn't tell you anything. I mean, it's fantastic to watch, very intriguing. But you're it, you're like, I have no idea what this is about, and it looks awesome, and I can't wait to see it. All, All right. right, let's jump into Marvel news. I've got I don't know. Marvel news is weird. There's a bunch of like fucking rumors that I just think are bullshit. Just right? hold on. I, I don't know. But you tell me if you want to talk about it. Illuminati.com is claiming that a Nova project is being developed by Marvel Studios. Yay! Well, you guys have predicted that or forecasted that, right? Totally. I mean, like, I think, like, I think everybody has. I think every media outlet has kind of, like, seen that this is definitely coming down the, down the pike. You know, it's like, it's like you had, the Nova Corps introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy. You had, we know that Thanos got the Power Stone from the Nova Corps, that he decimated Xandar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't show us that. And so I feel like when we get that movie, the Nova movie, which I hope personally, I know a lot of people are rooting for Richard Ryder. I hope it's Sam Alexander, the younger version of Nova. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think, like, when we get that movie, like, the first scene we see in that movie is fucking the decimation of Xandar with Thanos. So we will see Thanos again. And so, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> what an o- what an opening scene to a film. Oh, How yeah. How amazing would that be? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, decimating the Nova Corps. And, uh, like the, the final, the final thing that we see in that scene is just fucking like, you know, Sam Alexander. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Is Sam going to be on Xandar or is Sam going to be on earth? Like in the comics, Mm, it's tough going on. Part of me thinks like there, it could be a really cool scene to see like, you know, Sam Alexander pick up his father's Nova Corps helmet hold it in his hand on a decimated Xandar and just like yeah. leave that shot. And, but on the flip side, like the comic by Jeff Loeb is really cool. Fucking rocket and Gamora show up on earth and like, you know, give him his Nova Corps suit, you know, that is, that was left behind by, by his dead father. Yeah. I think it would be like more emotional weight if they did have him on planet. Yeah. But then, I mean, but the thing is that are they going to do, because we haven't really seen any of the armor in action properly. Because as far as I I know, Nova can just fly around in space, can't he? As much as he likes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it, oh, dude, I just getting images of like exactly what you're saying. And he like takes the armor and just fucking blasts out of the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, one of the coolest, so cool. one of the coolest parts of like the comic is like fucking like young Sam Alexander coming in contact with the Watcher and not really knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Not really knowing like who he just came in contact with or what's really going on and, and, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, look forward to a new Disney Plus streaming. Uh, the Disney Plus streaming service is having a new Marvel title that's going to launch on May 15th, uh, The Fury Files. 
It sounds like it's been cobbled. This is from Dark Horizons. Is a project that sounds like it's been hastily cobbled together to help fill the service's large original content hole. The series is set to a focus on a number of Marvel heroes and villains using motion comic art and scenes from animated TV shows like Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and X-Men the Animated Series. The press release reads, You shouldn't be surprised that Nick Fury has files on every single Marvel superhero. Fury Files gives viewers top-secret access to S.H.I.E.L.D. intel on key Marvel heroes and villains. All of this is told by none other than the mysterious Fury, bringing together a mix of animation and motion comic art. Looking to download a bunch of information about every single hero, Fury's got you covered. So, I don't know. I, I think it's just basically kind of like it's going to be an informational show. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, the words cobbled yeah. together, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. What if? What if I? It just. Makes you go. Uh, what what if I started every episode? Like, what if I started this episode with like, uh, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode we cobbled together. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds terrible. It makes it sound like we just threw it together. And yeah. Get a hope. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. you open. It's like you open. You're hungry. You open up your fridge, and all you have in there is like uh, some marshmallows. Uh, <laughs> A couple of, like stale biscuits, um, some uh, 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 some ketchup, oh, some ketchup, uh, uh, creamed corn, and like, Ta-da! and a Cadbury egg from three years ago, and <laughs> you're gonna make a casserole out of that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're gonna yeah. cobble that shit together. And do you think that? Samuel Jackson's going to do all the narration on that. Oh, fuck yeah. He wants the check. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Who are they going to get? get no working right now. I think anybody true, in Hollywood yeah. is going to get, they're going to get, get like hey, Dan, talking. are they going to get Hasselhoff to come back and voice him? Oh, man, I'd love that. <laughs> have you, have you, one episode. you do that in the, do you do that in like, uh, on the animated series? No, Hasselhoff fucking, uh, <laughs> Hasselhoff did a fucking like TV movie for Nick Fury. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, and it was it it was. I believe. Hold on, don't Dan look this up, Jamie. Uh, I believe it. (laughs) I believe it was written by David S. Goyer. Yeah, I typed slow. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Dan's looking this up. How good am I? How good am I? The Nick Fury fucking David Hasselhoff TV movie. Yep, you you nailed it. (laughs) That was just made. Nineteen ninety eight. 1998, oh, wow. David S. Goyer. Directed by shit. Rod Hardy. Rod Hardy. That sounds like, he sounds like he's going to be in that Pornhub space video, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, yeah, he did a bunch, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. Lots of TV. Uh, yeah, new Mutants, New Mutants news from IGN, the New Mutants movie. <laughs> Back again. Well, hold on. This was, it was the new Mutants movie was briefly available for pre-order on Amazon. What? Yeah, yeah. And was it twenty twenty-five bucks? Or twenty something like that? twenty-five ninety-nine. Uh, Amazon Prime lists the new Mutants is available for pre-order purchase on both uh, SD and HD for the price of twenty-five ninety-nine. Uh, there is no release date listed. 
Hmm. I might actually show the money just because I'm so curious. This this report originally referred to the New Mutants as R-rated, but it is in fact PG-13. <laughs> and then furthermore, Den of Geek points out why Hulu or Disney Plus are likely not options for New Mutants given an existing Fox HBO cable deal. What? Okay. <laughs> there was an existing Fox HBO cable deal basically saying, I guess, saying like um, that New Mutants would go, if it went to, like, I guess if it went to TV, it would first go to, like, HBO, so Warner's, and then after that it would go to like Fox, like FX or something. Does that make sense? Oh, for like the syndication, I guess, or. Yeah. So it's not gonna go, so like that's where it would go. It would go to like either FX or, or, uh, HBO. It, it would not go to Hulu or Disney Plus. But you said PG-13. I thought you guys thought, I thought they went back and reshot a bunch of stuff to make it R. I never, I never thought, I, I didn't, I never thought it was going to be R. Oh. I thought they just, <laughs> I, I thought, thought I they, that. I thought that they just reshot stuff to make it more horror centric. Not, not necessarily reshot uh-huh. it to make it R. Okay. Oh god, the fucking quotes from the characters. Ugh. <laughs> just reading, this isn't a hospital, it's a haunted house. Mm. <laughs> Did you see the new shots for the movie that were released? Uh, yeah, 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 some of those. I mean, the effects are fucking great, the ones that I've seen. Yeah, it looks like magic and hell fighting a fucking demon, which looks pretty amazing. Yeah, I I'm, don't know. I just, I have no. I, just, I, dude. I want this to come out just so we can bloody watch it. I know. I I know I'm I so no, curious. I'm so curious. I have no hope for this movie. Oh, I have no hope either, but I, I saw the, I remember being, going to another movie and seeing the movie poster, like, in the theater, like, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Oh, God, no shit. Like, this was supposed to come out two years ago. Yeah. In April. In April of 2018, I believe. Yeah, it's just, what the fuck happened? (laughs) <laughs> Everything. What happened? It's like I Gambit all over again, but they actually started making it. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Uh, DC News, uh, in DC Quick News, the Illuminerdy.com is claiming, uh, claiming that the Flash movie is casting a new Iris West. So Kiersey Clemens from the movie Dope is out and they're looking at a new Iris West for that movie. God. She was the only holdover from the original you know, uh, Rick Fumiyawa is the director. Um, he, you know, had Kiersey Clemens in the movie Dope, so he cast her in the Flash movie that was going to come out. She was basically like the only holdover from that. She was actually supposed to appear in Batman v Superman and did not appear in that movie. Man, I... I mean, what is there anything else going on with that? Or? Yeah, they're looking. They've, they're setting out a, a new casting call. They're looking for. Um, uh, they haven't cast anybody, but they're looking for a female actor between the ages of like twenty one and twenty five, or something, is what I'm hearing. So, wow. Okay, and they've got their flash tied in, or dude, I, <laughs> dude, I honestly, I don't even know if Ezra Miller's playing the Flash anymore at this point. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and you know, we'll see. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> pre pre production hell, basically. <laughs> oh dear. Superman Man of Tomorrow animated film has been announced. Uh, the animated adventure centers on Clark Kent, an intern for the Daily Planet, who is also learning on the fly how to save Metropolis as his powerful alter ego. Darren Chris will voice Superman. Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. Uh, Alexandra Daddario as uh, Lois Lane. She was uh, most recently in uh, We Summon the Darkness. She was also... In uh, True Detective Season 1. And she was in San Andreas. She played The Rock's daughter in that. Um, Ryan Hurst from The Walking Dead as Lobo. Uh, Brett Dalton from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Parasite. And uh, it's expected to come out sometime this summer on digital. And I guess it's going to be directed by Chris Palmer who did Voltron, Legendary Defender. And uh, Tim Sheridan, The Death of Superman. Um, oh, it's got some other, uh, great voice actors here. Uh, Ike Amadi from Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion Revenge. Did you see that, Dan? Uh, no, haven't seen it yet. God, it's fucking awesome. Uh, I want to see it. <laughs> Scorpion was my always my favorite player. Oh, it's fucking great, June. You'll, you'll fucking love it. It's so good. Super Nintendo. Back, back B. That was the control to make him do his harpoon. June, if you want, um, I'll give you a digital code for it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I do want to watch it. I'll hook you up. He's like, he was always my favorite. I'll hook you up. Just remind me. Send me yeah. a message. Be like, where's that digital code, bitch? You, where's, <laughs> All that, right. where's that digital code, you basic bitch? Basic bitch. <laughs> you fucking Jerry Seinfeld loving McDonald's eating basic bitch. <laughs> what are you doing? Watching, uh, watching Friends, you little basic bitch? Give me that code. <laughs> hey, I know you have been doing a Friends rewatch because I listened to you on a. My one black friend, my one white friend. Oh, that was a joke, dude. That was a joke. Sure? That was a hundred percent. That was a fucking joke, dude. I wasn't watching Friends. I was. I was just. Oh, I was just fucking with them. I, I wasn't watching Friends. I'm, I'm that was stu- a great episode. That was awesome. Did you like that, dude? I always, yeah, I did, dude. Yeah. I always think I suck on other people's podcasts, man. Oh, and those guys are great, Chris well, and Keen. They're great. I just, think, yeah. I just think that I'm a terrible guest. Like here on this show. This is like my living room. Like I can do whatever the fuck I want to. I can have my dick out. I can fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can fucking jerk off. I can fucking eat Cheetos. I can fucking like fart. It don't fucking matter. This is my, but I feel like when I'm on somebody else's podcast that I have to like hold back a little bit. Cause like it's still their show. And so yeah. I can't just, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, it's like, um, I've got like, uh, restraints on, like, uh, you know, like I'm fucking Hannibal Lecter with that fucking bullshit, like on my face and I'm fucking all like on that fucking dolly that they got him strapped to and shit. I feel like that sometimes on other people's podcasts. Yeah, I, but I, mean, I, I wouldn't hold back if you're on it again, because I know that Chris does not hold back. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I don't know. I just, I always feel weird because it's other people's podcasts. You know what I mean? That's not, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Are you down with OPP? Other people's podcasts? Get it? Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, what is this? Uh, oh, Matt Tomlin. Matt Tomlin, who worked on the script for the Batman with director Matt Reeves. They co-wrote the, the script for the Batman. Uh, directed by Matt Reeves, starring uh, Robert Pattinson, was asked this question on Twitter. 
quote, can you talk about what movies you watched prior to writing Batman works that may have influenced your writing? He's direct. Okay. So the question here is directly like what works that may have influenced your writing? Matt Tomlin responds with this. I can't safely add much other than what Matt has already put out there, but I will say that it gave me a great excuse to rewatch the animated series and literally triple my already heavy uh, comic book collection. So it sounds like he's kind of like saying that they're, that uh, the animated series was inspiration for this in a, in a way. That's yeah, what, that's what that's I'm getting from it. That is great news. Yeah, we might actually get a, you know, a fan of um, some some good material writing this. I I don't know it. This whole the Batman thing, I'm just. What camp are you in? Are you are you in the camp that they're using too many characters, or like what? What's your bitch? Uh, I don't know, dude. Really, I mean, uh, the one thing I know, like you always say about how you want to see Spider Man versus Craven the Hunter and make it like into a kind of horror film, yeah, sort of thing. You said that. I've always wanted them, when I heard this was happening, what I've always wanted them to do is them to do a, like, a noir detective film of Batman Mm -hmm. and have Clayface as the villain. So he's trying to, you know, find who's murdering all these people, but, you know, obviously Clayface can change into whoever the fuck he wants. And then that would be like a really, like, nice reveal and stuff. But it, it, that's all, that's what I've always wanted. So I'm just a bit worried that they're putting too much in this first film. So yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, like too many characters in this first movie. I'm looking forward to it because it's so different to anything else we've had for yeah. a long time, especially the, you know, Zack Snyder stuff and the, recent dc batman but mm. yeah i'm just a little a little concerned but but i'm also kind of hopeful because i see it as you know batman like year one like that graphic novel yeah, um, yeah. That, i'm hope, hoping that that's what it's going to be like you know we're going to see we've got a younger batman and we're going to see him kind of develop so that's yeah, the I mean, that's matt reeves is that, great so that's the biggest rumor out on the dceu leaks and and what's weird about the dceu leaks subreddit is that like people will like say that Matt Reeves said something, mm. but when you ask them for a link, they can't provide it. Yeah, we get that a lot nowadays, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> a so, source says. Yeah, so like everything that like I've been seeing on DCEU leaks is saying like. Matt Reeves confirms like this is not set in the nineties. This is modern day. Um, that it's going to be a very young Batman that's not a hundred percent like, you know, um, it's not, it's not like, um, he's very young early on in his career is what they're saying. He's not like like an established crime fighter. Yes. So it's not a prequel. I guess this, that makes it sound like it's not a prequel. Well, I mean, is right it, or is it supposed to be like a one-off? Like right like now, sugar. right now they're playing this. Yeah, they're kind of playing this as that. Like oh, this is okay. like this is not connected to like the, you know, the Aquaman movie, the Wonder Woman movie, Batman v Superman, anything from the Snyderverse. Like this oh, is like it's okay. That's the way they're okay. playing it now, June. But yeah, who knows what'll happen? Yes, that could change. So, like, we'll see what happens with this. But the 
like we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Like I have, and um, I I have heard that like we saw some pictures of Colin Farrell on set. There's like a picture of him holding coffee, and like people are like, "Oh, this is what this is what the penguin's gonna look like." And okay, yeah, I I've heard that he is gonna be using prosthetics. Like that's like the big the the most. One of the, the one of the latest rumors that I've seen in the past couple of weeks, like prosthetics have been seen, and that he will be wearing prosthetics once they start filming again. So he's not just going to look like Colin Farrell with a like with like a monocle or something like that. He, they are going to be adding prosthetics to him to make him look more penguin like. So yeah, I mean to be honest with you, man, like the. the- I'm not worried about Matt Reeves, and I'm also not worried about the cast. The cast is fucking ridiculous for this. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so oh, damn yeah. good. So Paul, Paul only... Dano. Paul Dano is the Riddler? I know. It's, yeah. you know, it's so... Well, he's just, great. He is he's really great. good. Just like, like, basically everyone I've seen that is going to be in this is confirmed. It's just, it's such good cast, and they're all amazing actors. It's just the, like... We don't know what the plot is, and we're just kind of like trying to wait for those first kind of snippets. And, you know, I suppose this is what it was like, you know, 10, 15 years ago when you're waiting for a film to come out because we don't really know anything about it. Yeah, we've seen a few set photos and stuff, but apart from that, we haven't got any fucking idea. And I like that, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I think that um, Patterson's going to do a good job as yeah. well because um, he's a great actor. You know, if you can forget the Twilight stuff and the Harry Potter and all the rest of it, you know, the guy's, he's got the chops. He's a fucking fantastic actor. I want Gotham. So, I want Gotham. He was fine in Harry Potter. He was a good Cedric Diggory. Yeah, he was fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, <laughs> but, but he also but, wasn't the main, yeah. Yeah, but what I mean is that, you know, like, he didn't have to sort of, like, it wasn't a very kind of deep role. You know, he was there, he right. was nice to Harry, and then, then spoilers, he dies. And, um... <laughs> But it like, shouldn't be a spoiler at this point. Yeah. No, it's you know, fifteen <laughs> years ago, whatever it was. No. Yeah, no, he's he's just such a he, the the fucking weird, quirky roles that he's played over the years. He's got a really good eye for scripts and stuff as well. So I'm hoping that if he is in, like, if he saw the script for this and was like, yeah, this is something that I can put put my put my name on and and do a good job. So yeah, yeah fingers crossed. I want to see. I want to know what like Gotham is going to look like, dude. Like I, oh. I like. Trust me, I love the Nolan movies, mm-hmm. but like I, I feel like the person that got Gotham down the best was was Barton. Tim, Tim Burton. <laughs> dude, have you gone? Have you ever gone back? Like I, I recently went to like DC Universe within the last, I'd say within the last couple months, and I didn't watch the whole movie. But I just, I watched it, I, I maybe, I, I got like 20, 30 minutes in. And I was just like, oh my god, I love the way Gotham looks. I just yeah, love, I love it. Yeah, it's live action, but it looks like it's in the comic. Right. It's crazy. It's so good. It's, he did, he did so well with that. And like, I think like that's one thing that, um, I think that's one thing that Matt Reeves could kind of do is like make Gotham look more like Gotham. Cause like, I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed Birds of Prey, but like I felt like Gotham didn't feel like Gotham in that movie at all. Yeah, it could have been anywhere, really, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Gotham is like a character in itself. Like the city itself is a character, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Which I did not get that at all. And Batman v Superman, I mean, you could have been anywhere. But I think, I think like, I think like in, in Birds of Prey, they wanted, they didn't want to make it a Batman movie, but they still had it set in Gotham. So they didn't want it to, Look, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with that. I really enjoyed the movie, but on on the flip side, it's like I felt like I feel like if don't don't set it in Gotham if you're going to do what you did with the city here, just set it somewhere else if if this if that's the case. But that, yeah, they, and they, and if you're trying to like disconnect from like the Joker and Batman as well, which is you know that's what Harley's well, trying to do in that film. She's trying to move on, so it, w- it might have been better if she you know gone somewhere else. I. I yeah, shit or get off the toilet. I don't know. I mean, it's it's fuck. Either make it look like fucking Gotham or don't. <laughs> okay, don't like half-ass it and just kind of think, oh yeah, that'll be okay. Yeah, it just I don't know. Like it, you can't watch that movie and tell me that it. Oh yeah, that's Gotham City. Yeah, that's one of my. That's <laughs> probably like if I'm gonna sit here and piss and moan about that movie, I'll. I'll say that it didn't fucking look like Gotham. And on the flip side, and I don't know, I don't know. And and then I don't know. Moving on. Moving on. I'm just. I'm, I'm going to shut up. Uh, Star Wars news. Um, General Mills is releasing a Star Wars cereal with Baby Yoda shaped marshmallows. <laughs> totally no. I'm there. I'm getting those. It's going to be. I want uh, those. I want that fucking cereal. Baby Yoda marshmallows. It's coming out later this summer. It consists of sweetened corn puffs and marshmallows. All the green marshmallows are the shape of the child's head. Yes. <laughs> what okay. the fucking... What? <laughs> this is how you know that the Mandalorian succeeded and the new trilogy didn't. Because all the toy sales and all the fucking everything was in the shitter for Star Wars. But release... <laughs> A baby, baby Yoda, Yoda. Yeah, yes, exactly. And look, everyone's gonna go crazy for it. They're doing a cereal for crying out loud. You know, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah. No, I feel like I should get that because I wanted the little the the doll, like the life size doll. And um, yeah. my husband goes, "No." Um, <laughs> okay, no. But in his defense, in his defense, when Force Awakens came out, they had that BB-8 like toy that you can yes. control with your phone. Um, and he said, okay, that thing's like a hundred bucks. You're going to play it. You're going to play it like once and you're never play it again. And I was like, no, I really want, I like, I insist, like, that's all I wanted for Christmas. So I got it. And, um, yes, it is now sitting on a shelf. Um, but he doesn't <laughs> listen to this, so it's okay. But confession, um, it's broken. Cause I, when I got my dog as a puppy, I was like, I'm gonna get the fucking BBA out and he's going to play with the puppy and the puppy broke it. So. <laughs> It is now a really cute piece on the bookshelf. But yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm not getting a baby Yoda action figure, so <laughs> Yeah. I think that was one of the only things that really sold well was the BB eights, like those little sparrow ones, and then you yes. get the even bigger ones as well, like those huge ones which are a fucking stupid amount of money. But yeah, those, yeah, I have those little ones. One. Yeah, I those sold one. really well. Yeah, and it was a great toy until my puppy broke it. And so yeah. my husband does not know it's broken. He would be not happy with me, so. Yeah, I remember Jake driving that thing around his living room when I was staying there when we yeah. were Star Wars together. And he was, like, driving around the living room, and he was making it do all the noises. And, it, yeah, it was, it was really cool. But then yeah. it just, you know, after The Force Awakens, it all just kind of, you know, started falling off. And we saw all those shelves just full of Star Wars toys, which, you know, that just... 
didn't happen before. Everyone was by bloody everything, and now it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, baby Yoda cereal. Let's go. I'm. I'll buy it. I. It's. I don't know. It's got sweetened corn pops. I love corn pops. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of corn pops. Yeah. <laughs> and are they marshmallows? Did you say the baby uh, Yodas? Yeah, the baby Yoda head is uh, green marshmallows. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, I'll fucking eat it. Yes. <laughs> and I will uh, squeal the entire time because it's Baby Yoda because I get this weird – I make a weird sound every time he cooks on the screen. It's involuntary, but I can't help it. I bet you lost your fucking mind when those stormtroopers were punching him. Actually, because I knew that it was Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. <laughs> Because I heard that they were the two stormtroopers. <laughs> so it was okay. It was fair game. I mean, because their whole bit beforehand was so funny. And I got home and laugh. Oh, my but God. They shouldn't laugh. I should be really pissed. But it was, it was really funny. Why hasn't Disney made a fucking Baby Yoda speed bag? You know that fucking thing that... <laughs> Like Rocky punches, you know, like oh, really man. fast. If they made a fucking Baby Yoda speed bag, people would be buying speed bags and punching the shit out of that thing. <laughs> I don't think that would work. I don't think that people would punch Baby Yoda. Oh, uh, I would love to buy a Baby Yoda speed bag. I would pump, the, I would punch the shit out of that thing. That'd be great. Oh my God. <laughs> um, this is big news from Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the Mandalorian, um, what's his name? Tamura uh, Morrison. Yeah. Returns to the Star Wars universe to play Boba Fett. This is happening. They, they got huge. Sources say Morrison will play Boba Fett. Number one, it's huge because it's like this is the actor that played Django Fett. Um, yeah. and, but, but it's also huge because, um, Boba Fett's confirmed a return. I know. It's like that makes fucking no double whammy. I thought he died. Well, did, did we see a body? No. We saw him go into the Sarlacc pit. I assumed that when you go down there, like, you do not come out alive. Well, yeah. You know, Jetpack, an Jetpack armor, armor. Yeah. Okay. It's in the it's in the novels, right? He comes out in the novels. He manages to muck his way out. I think. And not not in not in anything considered canon anymore. And there was okay. a yeah, and, not anymore, but back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. No. Bring it. Bring it back. Let's expand Boba Fett. The one character, one the one character, but one of the characters that I always thought was incredibly overhyped. Um especially in the original trilogy, I, I want them to flesh him out. Let's see Boba do some cool shit. Let's find out about him. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how big of a part he's going to have in the second series, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, they said it was probably going to be a small part. but I mean, Yeah, but it's like... Just, yeah. They definitely teased it in The Gunslinger. The episode The Gunslinger, we saw... Uh, we heard the spurs, and then we also heard like that transmission sound coming through, and like those are trademark sounds that you hear from Boba Fett in the movies. And like I like Dan, I had sent you that Reddit post. Yes, and I lost my fucking mind. Right, <laughs> so good. Well, that's also the same one with Ming-Na Wen, right? Where um, we thought she died, and but she's coming back for season two. I mean, I well, assume it could that be she's a, just could, mortally wounded. Well, it could be a flashback scene of her. I, you know I, I mean? guess. 
Yeah. I guess why would he need to go find her body? Like if she's dead, like then she's no longer valuable. I mean, if as we a could, well, we could see, we could get a whole episode where it's like, you know, like they leave us with this huge cliffhanger with the child and the, and the Mandalorian. And then the next episode is like a whole episode of like Boba Fett's relationship with Ming-Na Wen's character. And Which would be great. I love her. And so it, I would lo- I would love for her to do more stuff in this. Yeah, and it's like a whole prequel episode that, you know, like it's a whole flashback episode or something. Um, yeah, that's fucking cool. They got the actor for, uh, that played uh, Django Fett. Yeah. And that's Uncle old. Man's dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he played uh, Tom Curry. Uncle Man's dad yeah. in the Aquaman <laughs> movie. Because when I saw Aquaman, when I finally watched Aquaman, I went, oh, it's Bo- that's Jago. I said, no, I said Boba Fett's dad because I couldn't remember. That was Jango some of the, off the top of my head. <laughs> that was some <laughs> of the was like, best Boba shit Fett's in that movie dad. too. Was uh, the I loved fucking Nicole Kidman and him in that movie. They were so sweet. They were so sweet together. I loved it. Yeah, I loved that. Uh, I liked Aquaman. I'll be honest. I was very pleasantly surprised with that. I know we're out of DC news, but I I, I was very pleasantly surprised. No, with that's Aquaman. fine. You can bring up you can bring up Aquaman. No, I'm just saying. Like I I did not expect to like it as much as I did, and I actually really liked it. You can start talking no. about Tom Cruise in space again if you want to. I don't care how far back we go, <laughs> this fucker. Just I don't give a shit. Now, now, did you enjoy the movie or did you enjoy Jason Momoa? See, here's well, the thing. Yeah, he's not. I, I can objectively say, like, yes, he's a sexy man, but just, he's not my type. Like, I'm not one to be, like, all gaga over him. Uh, so you actually enjoyed the film? No, I did, actually. I mean, and I actually liked him in Justice League. He was Dan, very, you act like all women are, like, flicking their beans while watching this fucking Aquaman movie I, in the theater. Actually, you nope, the that's that all you do. <laughs> you said that when you went, and he, it, was, it, was, it was you or one of you said that when your showing was, like, all like women, like age thirty five and older. It smelled like it smelled like it sm- it smelled like sex when I walked into that fucking theater. I it, mean, he, it, no, it, it, not, it, yeah, he's not my type. Like, I mean, yes, I can objectively, I, I can objectively say yes, he is a sexy man, but just not someone that does it for me. It smelled like a fucking. It, it smelled like a fucking vagina went jogging when I walked in there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's gonna be bad when you start a sentence off with "it smelled like." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 you expect to walk oh. in a theater and for it to smell like popcorn and nachos or whatever the fuck? It literally, it literally smelled like like it literally smelled like a vagina had had went into a steam room. Oh, it was, you know what I mean. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh man! Oh, oh no! Jason Momoa is a sexy person. Just doesn't do it for me. I'm I'm more of a Jude Law, Hugh McGregor person. Like that's that's. I don't know. It's those. It's the Brits. I don't know. Uh, Dan, Dan, you're you're in trouble, sir. What <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, Brits, but not Brits that look like Hagrid. You know, I think I'm okay. <laughs> she is a Potterhead, though. So, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, no, that film, I, I, I wasn't a fan of Aquaman. Listen, I, I, I gave it a taste. It, I'll still give it a taste. It, it was fun enough. I, Jason Momoa was having fun in that movie, 
And um, I still. Yeah, I think that's why I liked it, though. And I think it's because um, it's because he just you could tell he was having fun. I think that's why I appreciated it. Um, because he's funny. Like he actually he's a pretty funny guy. And um, in real life, he's very self-deprecating as well. So. I base all yeah. my movies on the fact that, like, I would Jason Momoa have fun with this? It's a, like when I, <laughs> well, anytime I, like I watch know, anything. I like to know the actors are having fun when they're, like, working on stuff. But that always enhances the, like, the viewing experience for me when I know that, so. I just, I want to take, I, I want to take Jason Momoa out, like, on a, on an adventure one day where I just, I just, like, try to give him, like, that we go out and we do things that I think might be fun that he might enjoy that might maybe he doesn't normally do, but I'm taking Jason Momoa and we're going out and we're going to go fly fishing today. And I want to see I if he likes it. I want to see that if- is the basis of an amazing like short film. Yeah. Like what if Jason you Momoa doesn't, do he's do never, it. he's never ridden a bicycle before. And I put that, I strapped that helmet on and I'm like dad and like Jason learns how to ride it. <laughs> And like he he falls the first time and he skins his knee and like there's like and I put a bandage on his knee and I'm like yeah. and we a little bactine there because I don't want to get infected, dude. Um, you know what I mean? And then yeah. he, he get but he gets right back on the bike. He gets right back on the bike and he learns and he and he pedals and he you know and he struggles a little bit but once he gets it, <laughs> once he can learn to, learns oh how to God. balance himself, he's out there and he's doing it. And next thing you know, like we're doing like one of those fucking like those uh those dual bikes or whatever the fuck they called. What are they called? Tandem bike. <laughs> tandem bike. Tandem bike. Me and Jason Momoa oh on a tandem I'm bike. Like picture no, I'm picturing you and Jason Momoa on a tandem bike right now. It, it is amazing. Like if you can see what's in my head. And then we walk into a theater where they're showing his Aquaman movie. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, smell that, bro. That's you. You did that. You did that, man. Do you smell that? Love is in the air. That's so you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. You're such a big boy. I'm so proud of you. Oh, shit. You know what's fucked up? He and like Zoe, so he's Zoe Kravitz's stepfather, but they're the same age. What? Okay, okay, so Lisa Bonet. And Lenny Kravitz has so, a child named Zoe Kravitz. Oh, I know, I know, I know the whole thing. Like, I've, yeah. I've literally thought about the, I've envisioned her being conceived. Um, but. <laughs> beautiful parents, beautiful child. <laughs> there is, wait, there's no, is Zoe Kravitz? There's no way jo- Zoe like Kravitz, they're- there's no way they're the same age. Well, they're very close. To, I mean, they're not like. I mean, they're only a few years apart. If, but I, yeah, they're. It's weird that he's her stepdad. She's got to be in her twenties, and he's got to be in his like mid to late thirties, right? Uh, I was looking up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I remember being like, "Oh, that's weird that they're stepfather and." Stepdaughter, because that's a really, really close age difference there. Mm. Do you want me to remind you about the Sabine Wren thing that you said about? I don't know if we're there yet. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, talk about it. Oh, I don't fucking have it on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Dave Filoni was talking about Sabine Wren possibly showing up in uh, Mandalorian uh, eventually. Not not necessarily season two, but uh, possibly 
may, I don't know, maybe in season three, because Sabine Wren has ties to Ahsoka Tano, who's, we're getting a live action Ahsoka Tano. And- yeah, because at the end of Rebels, Sabine and Ahsoka went to look for Ezra. So because yeah. we're having Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, that aren't surely in, you know, because we're sort of looking at the same timeline. Mm-hmm. Sabine should be with her. And that's what, that's what they were saying. And because like, I mean, it, the Mandalorian deals so much with like Mandalore, you know, in general. So yeah, she yeah. would be a perfect addition. So yeah, yeah. obviously you no know, casting news or anything like that, just a rumor. Yeah. And, uh, Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> getting um, rebel, getting live action rebel characters. Ant Man director Peyton Reed has tweeted out a photo indicating that he has uh, directed at least one episode for the second season of The Mandalorian. Yep, that's I interesting. I don't really care. I mean, I just, <laughs> he's not like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting because he's not. I mean, yes, he's done the two Ant Man movies, but I, I don't really. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here There's and bullshit you else. and be like, oh, my God. Yeah, fucking Peyton Reed. Well, exactly. No. But I think that's why that's interesting, like why him of all directors. No, we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. I will see what he does with this. He's a director that makes Paul Rudd really tiny. So we'll see what he does. I mean, like, I, I'm i not going to sit here and be like, oh, my God, that's so – like, if you watch fucking, like, a Taika Waititi movie – like, you know, it's, that's a Taika Waititi movie. And if you watch right. Taika Waititi's episode of The Mandalorian, you know, like, that's, 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 okay, yeah, that's Taika Waititi's humor. But if I watch, like, dude, I fucking have no idea what Peyton Reed's gonna bring to The Mandalorian. And well, it's I, so weird yeah. about that though. So I don't know if you guys have watched any of the digital extras for Endgame, but, um, so John Favreau seems to love roundtables, but he does, like, one of the extra features is John Favreau does his roundtable. And it's all of these, like, directors of the MCU films. So you've got Joss Whedon, James Gunn, um, Taika Waititi makes an appearance via FaceTime. Um, you have the Russo brothers. You have Frank Coogler. You have all these people. And then you have Peyton Reed. And it, every time he talks during it, 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 you can't help but be like, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and I know that's – no, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's some – I know that's mean, but – it's, but it's also true. Like you have this roundtable of these directors who direct these movies, and they're all so phenomenal. And then you, and then you have Peyton Reed. I you know? love the first Ant Man movie. I oh, like okay. it too. Yeah. I like says, it too, but I, well. I, I can't differentiate between like what he does and yeah. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. I love the special effects in it. I thought this, like, yeah, shrinking and shit looked cool. <laughs> Did look cool. Dude, my- I mean, you got to think that after we watched the, the Gal- Mandalorian gallery and everything, I'm assuming that he's been brought on because he's a huge Star Wars fan. So, because that was basically yeah. what Jan Favreau said. I'm sure he is. There. He was a yeah. fan of Ant-Man, too. Like, his band was, <laughs> at, like, he had a band or something in high school, and, like, they had a Oh, fucking- yeah, I forgot about Wait, that. And what were they called? The Ant Men or something? Uh, I don't know. They're, they're called they're called the Mediocres because that's the kind of a director he is. <laughs> they were called mediocrity because like that's the kind of director he is, in my opinion. Like, yeah, like I'm sure he's a fan of a bunch of other shit too. Do I want to see him direct a fucking episode of like a He Man series, or do I want to see him fucking direct like 
like a like I don't know GI Joe anything like no like I don't give a fuck what he's a fan of that doesn't matter to me he's just he doesn't stand out he doesn't do any it's like like you've got directors in the Marvel universe that you know the MCU that fucking stand out guys like James Gunn and Taika Waititi Coogler yeah fucking Coogler like I don't know like Peyton Reed yeah that's what I was saying though that's yeah, like it's like that roundtable thing and that extra features. Like you can't help but be like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. It, it is like that. He's like uh, he's like Kristen Wiig's character in that Saturday Night sketch where she's got like those deformed tiny hands. <laughs> of the sisters, <laughs> like yes, that's yes. that's Peyton Reed in any setting. <laughs> uh, you hear that, Peyton? <laughs> Brian's calling you out. He's gonna have to make a really good episode. Yeah, dude, you better shut fucking, this motherfucker up. Shut me the fuck up. You better fucking bring it, Peyton Reed, because I don't get you, dude. <laughs> Sorry, don't get you. <laughs> Sorry, I have to agree with you, Brian. I do. I don't get him. Like I don't get Peyton Reed. Okay, so fucking sue me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway, where were we? I don't know. Mandalorian. Um, Mandalorian. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Check this shit out. This is insane. Uh, from Dark Horizons, the Mandalorian animation supervisor, Hal Hickel, has confirmed that post-production is continuing on the Disney Plus series with a ton of VFX to complete. He says, quote, a big tentpole summer film, like, say, Avengers, might be around 2,000 visual effects shots. And these series are a little shy of 4,000 visual effects shots for season one. And season two is, yeah. And season, season two is no different. We're doing them in, in around the same amount of time, maybe even less time than a big summer film. Plus we have, uh, we have all work, uh, we all have to work remotely. So yeah, um, this, I mean, we're getting season two, probably get it in the fall. But uh, the amount of October, I heard. Yeah, October, I thought I heard the amount of visual effects on this fucking thing. Four thousand. That's double. And I I, and I get it. I mean, these are like eight episodes. You know what I mean? And but you got to consider some of these some of these episodes were only like thirty some minutes. You know, anywhere ranging from like thirty minutes to to forty five minutes or whatever the fuck. It's still very impressive. 4,000 visual effects. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is crazy. Oh. Well, that might be the only thing we're getting this fall, right? Because everything else has been pushed back. Because mm, we're supposed to get, weren't we supposed to get some, some Marvel shows this uh-huh. fall? We were supposed to get, we were supposed to get, um, well, I, th- I think late summer, weren't we supposed to get Falcon and Winter Soldier? And then, or was that fall? That was that slated for fall? And then, like towards I that was for fall. Well, and toward, then Wandavision. Well, Wandavision was going to still come out at the end of the year, like in December or something. Oh, but that like oh, is but that with happening Doctor now? Strange getting pushed back. Oh more, yeah, Doctor Strange getting pushed years. back a fucking year. So jeez, fucking coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. It sucks. It fucking kills people and it's fucked everything up. They're still filming. Uh, there's a movie that's still filming in Australia and they're, they're, they're practicing social distancing and 
and uh, they've got um, they've cut down on the crew. I don't know how they're getting away with it, but there's there's a movie that's still filming in uh, in in Australia right now. Did you, Dan? I don't know if you read this. Did you did you read like New Zealand is basically like coronavirus is non-existent there? Um, I don't know if I don't know if this article was like a hundred percent legit or not. I just saw like an article saying like New Zealand is basically like you know coronavirus free and like. I was just like, "What the fuck?" That's crazy. Oh, so I know that they they have really tight controls when you're coming into the country from abroad, anyway, because they have such a delicate, um, uh, like e- ecological system. So, like, yeah. you know, they have a, there's this thing called didymo, which is like this moss that grows on rocks and stuff in streams, and it basically because in New Zealand the water is so crystal clear mm. that this particular um, algae or algae, whatever you want to say will totally fuck up all of their rivers and streams and glaciers and everything so you have to be super careful you have to fill in lots of forms and stuff about where you've been what countries you've been to where you've been in the last six months and stuff like that so they're they're really really careful anyway so if when they found out about it i'm assuming they just fucking ramp that shit up to 11 yeah so i mean it it would make sense and plus it's you know uh, especially south island uh, is very um, very like rural communities, so there's lots of distance between each town or each city, so that will help as well to stop stop the spread. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to move. Country. I want to. I want to move there like so bad. Like it's like my top two destinations. My top two destinations before I die that I want to go to are Australia and New Zealand. Australia mm-hmm. because like I want to see the Great Barrier Reef before it's fucking gone. Um, yeah, and then New Zealand because of that's where they filmed the Lord of the Rings. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I want to see it. So yeah, it's uh, man, it's an amazing country, and the people are awesome. They're very honest. Mm. So if you're being a dick, they will fucking let you know. Oh my god, and, I'm gonna get, they, I'm gonna get told I'm a dick all the time. Then they don't, they don't take any shit. You know, like if, if someone's being an arsehole, they will yeah. call you out immediately. But the, the amazing sense of humor, yeah, really polite, really, really fucking humble and hospitable. You know, inviting people into like their houses and like they're just the best hosts because shitloads of barbecue, shitloads of meat, uh-huh. uh, lots oh, yeah. of beer. Oh, dude, it, it's a fantastic country. I've and watched... of course, like you're saying, the the scenery is yeah. It's the most beautiful place I've ever seen on the entire so planet. So green, so green, just There's, gorgeous. I, I've watched like documentaries of like you know they've got mm-hmm. like cattle ranches there and like them just like making steaks and stuff like that. And it's just like oh my god, the food there has to be amazing. And then yeah, every every like director and like comedian that I've ever seen come out of New Zealand are just hilarious, and so. Yeah, I just think it's a beautiful fucking country that I have to see before I die with my own eyes. So. You should do, man. And the best thing, well, I don't know if it's still do it, if they still do it, but when you buy like a, an A to Z roadmap over there, if mm-hmm. you get like one of the good ones, um, on the legend of the map, you know, with all the icons and stuff, all the symbols, there'll be a little golden ring. And where uh, the golden ring is in the map shows you exactly where a location of the film was shot. And you can just fucking drive there. You follow your map, you drive there, and you find it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. that is that's, cool. That's what my um, 
my Facebook profile picture is. That's me um, on top of one of the glaciers. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking incredible. Did you listen so, yeah. to the um, the Inside of You episode with uh, Dominic Monaghan and... Uh, uh, no, no, I haven't got to that one yet. Uh, it's 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 the two actors, uh, Mary and Pippin. Um, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't listened to that. Yeah, it's a fan- it. fantastic episode to listen to. Oh, and I just recently started, he he, he recorded with uh, Dave Batista. I love Dave Batista. Oh, nice. Yeah, you got to listen oh. to that one. So it's, I, I think it's Dave like, Batista. it's either, yeah, it's either the second or the third time that he's, um, talked with Batista. I love Batista. I fucking love Dave Batista. Cause like the first episode that he had him on, they talked, they got into really deep shit. And like, I learned that Dave Batista, like his mother was, um, his mother was gay and he was raised by two women. And I was like, I did not know that. And then like, wow. yeah. And then I, I hope I said that. I hope that's right. Look that up. Dan. <laughs> I hope that's right. I, th- I hope that's right. Um, I have a terrible memory when it comes to certain things, but, um, and then, um, the second, the second episode, he's talking a lot about like some of the crazy shit that he went through, um, when he was wrestling for the WWE. So it's like, he's just an interesting dude and just a, a really cool guy. Like I, I and he's funny. He's, he's really funny. Like, funny. um, so Stuber is now on, I love you know, it. And I haven't seen Stuber yet. Watch it. It's so fucking it's, okay, good. So that's my plan tomorrow. Cause I love him and I love, I love Kumal Danjian. I didn't, so. I don't care what the critics said. I do not care what the critics said about Stuber. And I actually wrote our review for, uh, the PCL review for rotten tomatoes, um, that we submitted to them for Stuber and I gave it a fresh rating and I, I sent the, I tweeted, um, my review to Dave Batista and he retweeted it. <gasps> really? Yeah. That's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I yeah, love, no, I, that's I, my plan tomorrow. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. I actually have it planned. I'm like, that's, I'm tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to watch Stuber finally. I genuinely, and I really enjoyed that movie. And I'm, I'm like, I'm looking forward to my spy and I'm, here's the thing. I know a site that actually has it right now and I can watch it in HD, but like it, I feel, I would feel terrible if I did not wait to watch it like on Amazon or whatever it comes out on. Without yeah. Dave Batista's kind of like, I do not want to betray this man. <laughs> and you are correct. His mom is gay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, he's such, he's such a cool guy. You know, he's such a cool guy. Like, it just, just, uh, the fact that like, you, you look at him and like, you could make some, like, you could, just by based on his looks, you could, you could, kind of stereotype him and just be like, Oh, look at that. Like, that's like, the, Oh yeah. That's the, that's the poster boy for toxic masculinity. And you, yeah, just... that giant, like shaved head, smothered in tattoos. Yeah. Head. And you'd be that's so what, wrong. Do you think? You'd... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, wasn't he the first person to sort of come out in defense of uh, James Gunn as well? Yes. And he was like, biggest, if, if... the biggest supporter of James Gunn. Biggest. Yeah. And he just went, he said, if he's not doing the third film, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a little worried for him when he was very, very vocal about it. I was like, ah. 
I, I mean, I, I mean, don't want them to lose you too. Yeah, but who's gonna fuck with him, really? <laughs> you know, it's like, he oh, squish man. you with his thumbs. <laughs> he really could, <laughs> man. Oh, I used to love watching him wrestle as well in the WWE. He fucking destroyed people, and I know it's all fake, but like just the physicality of him, like just seeing him perform live in front of an audience. Oof, that guy is absolute animal. He's awesome. You that was his lo- name, wasn't it? His nickname, the animal. You should listen to this newest uh, inside of you with him on. Oh, it. I will. It's fantastic. So yeah, guys, that is all I got this week. I it I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about the news anymore. I don't know about the show anymore. But thank you, anybody who's still fucking listening. Um, now I really fucking appreciate it because I know downloads have dropped. Oh, another thing I wanted to address really quick is the fact that we are now part of the CLNS network, the CLNS media network. And some people were worried, like, is this going to affect the show uh, um, in any way? Um, they have no creative control over what I say or do. I can say whatever the fuck I want to. Yeah, I think um, yeah. that was pretty obvious by the way you were talking about people taking cum shots in the eye in zero gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, why did you bring it up again? Now it's in my head again. Here we go. Here we go. I just want to make it absolutely sure. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Fuck, fuck, oh, yeah. fuck. Shit, shit, go. shit. Cock, cock, cock. Puss, 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 whatever. I mean, they have, guys, don't worry. I, it's just one of these things that, you know, I was in contact with somebody for a couple months and, um, and, and, uh, it took a couple months for me to deliberate on this and I don't know how it's going to work out, how it's going to be beneficial or not. I thought I'd give it a shot and, uh, but I still have 100% complete creative control. Anybody on this show can say whatever the fuck they want to say. Um, unless it's uh, political or whatever, um, that that's kind of stuff I like to to stay away from. But I'm here, I'm over here playing with bottle caps. I apologize. You guys can probably hear that's picking up. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could. But yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, P, uh, uh, I don't know. PCL is now on the CLNS network and the media network, and we'll see what this does. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I was well, gonna say, uh, do I get to talk about the Last of Us Part Two? Go for it. Fuck it. I forgot. Okay. I forgot that. Like, you gotta cut me off. I fucking. I, 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 never. Go Anyways, for it. Anyways, thank you. Um, yeah, Last of Us Part Two in news in the gaming world. Um, the the story leaked. So, one of the most story driven, most successful, and critically acclaimed games ever, as in the first one. Uh, the story leaked for the second one, and people are pissed off real bad. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers at all because um, some other things have happened since uh, since this whole thing happened. Uh, Naughty Dog, the company that make the game, and Sony have been filing false uh, DMCA claims, which is basically anyone that puts up footage or screenshots and even now talk about this is on youtube talks about the plot or even gives their opinion on it they've been flagging them with copyright claims so they've been trying to get people's accounts taken down Mm. for completely illegal reasons and 
yeah, the the the, uh, the YouTube community. Because I'm a big like YouTube supporter and everything. Not so much the company, but the people that you know make the videos. Um, that that whole community is going to absolutely fucking ape shit on people on Naughty Dog and Sony. So uh, yeah, that's um, it's all very interesting. When's this game? Uh, when's this game supposed to come out? About a month, I think. I don't know if they're oh, going to push it back even further or not. But basically what happened was um, ports came out that Naughty Dog treat their staff like crap. And apparently one of the people that developed the game left and decided to leak as much of the game as possible uh, before it came out to try and hurt sales. Um then Sony and Naughty Dog said that that wasn't true, that they found out who it was and that it was a hacker. But then everyone from YouTube that actually knows what they're talking about, and several of them are actually game developers, have said that a hacker can't get the footage. It's not possible. You can't just download the game from the servers. So they need a, a, a development PC, so like a dev a dev PC, not dev PC, a dev PlayStation Four to run the clips that they've shown, and also the clips that were shown have also have development code on them. So, Naughty Dog and Sony say that it's it wasn't it was hackers. They said it wasn't a disgruntled employee, whereas everyone else, anyone that actually knows what they're talking about, is saying, yeah, it was. And if if they're not affiliated with Naughty Dog, it doesn't they're still some sort of a developer because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to show the footage that everybody's seen. But um, yeah, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. It's just um, very interesting that uh, 70% of their staff left during the making of this game because the hours they had to work was so fucking ridiculous. Um, All confirmed by a guy called Jonathan Cooper on Twitter who used to work for Naughty Dog. Um, because again, these uh, these reports have come under scrutiny from people, but there are people actually coming out, and it's really funny because there's they get them to sign an NDA after they leave Naughty Dog, so they don't talk about their practices in house, and that's a huge fucking red flag as is, and so much so that they this Jonathan Cooper guy they said if you don't sign an NDA, we're going to not pay you for your last month of work, and he just went well that's completely illegal and then they they backed off of him so he's one of the i think he's one of two people that have spoken out against it but yeah so fucking it's caused huge waves in the gaming community um so yeah i i'm i'm making a bit of a stand last of us one is one of my favorite games of all time um and i'm making a bit of a stand and i'm not going to support them anymore so i'm going to boycott this game but you know if anyone wants to know the spoilers you can either dm me or just google it and you'll find basically everything <laughs> and people aren't going to there's going to be a lot of people that aren't happy um about fifth from the polls that i've seen about 50 percent of the people that were going to buy the game have already cancelled their pre-orders or they're not going to buy the game now so yeah they done fucked up big time it's terrible wow wow yeah, really bad and then they pulled the whole you know if you don't buy this game, they, they, they did the get out of jail free card. So they said, if you don't buy this game, you're, you're an ist and a phobe and a, and a whatever. Um, so they're doing that now. So now they're insulting the fans because this works incredibly well, you know, in gaming and films and comic books. You insult the fans before the product comes out and then you're surprised that nobody buys it. And then you blame them and then call them a bunch of names afterwards and say, well, I told you everyone that was going to buy The Last of Us 2 is sexist or whatever. 
So, yeah, they're really uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, is this something that you're going to buy? And you answered that question for me. <laughs> no. God damn. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's not good. You know, the, the new trailer came out as well, and it basically it seems to confirm all the leaks, um, even though they're trying to hide it. Um they're trying to hide what happens in the trailer, which is fine. You know, we don't want to see everything in the trailer, but it seems that like everything that we were told is actually correct. So, um, yeah, not good. Not good. If anyone does mm. want to know what happens or why I'm not buying it, you know, as well as the, all the illegal treating everybody like shit. Oh yeah. A guy was hospitalized because I overworked him so much. It's, it's ridiculous. They're putting like fifty-five to like seventy-six hour. But weeks. if somebody if somebody plays this fucking game, like like that's their choice, though, right? At the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. Like I said, I'm a I'm a huge fan. Look, one of my favorite games ever is The Last of Us Part One. And and if you don't want to, if you you know, if you don't care about the the way that the employees are treated, or you don't believe that's most important if you don't believe the people that have come out and said all these things then you know go for it if you what if, what if it, it has nothing I, to do with that? What, what if they just want to play the fucking game dude yeah well again i know no, i know fine. but like like for you it's like ah if you if you what you were saying was like ah if you don't believe that the, that they were treated like shit or you know the uh, what what if they what if what if they do believe that the employees were treated like shit and but they still want to play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Seriously, what if they? They're just they're just being real with you, Dan. Like, like, that's like these are people. These are people that are like, man. I listen to PCL. I I fucking love Dan West. I love it when he fucking comes on here. And I got this guy saying, oh, if you fucking if the you uh, these people were treated like shit, and I'm not playing this game. But what if these? What if these people? They've done their research and they believe that these people that work for Naughty Dog were treated like shit. They were treated like fucking shit, like the worst. But they still, they, at the end of the day, they're just like, God damn it, I want to play The Last of Us 2. <laughs> they, can, they can go right ahead and they won't receive any judgment from me. Boom. At all. I love you, Dan. That's fucking beautiful, sir. You know, it's a game at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, it's just a game. And it, we've been waiting like four years of development and I think like six, seven years since the last one came out. So it's been a long, long time and people have been itching to play this. That's why it's such a huge deal because it's yeah. one of the biggest games that's been released in like the last fucking five years. But yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because obviously all of us, all of us fans of the original, we wanted this to be a great game and we wanted to support Naughty Dog as much yeah. as possible, but I just can't do it anymore, man. Too much fucking, too much fucking bullshit. And too much bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Exactly yeah. right. It's fucking sad. June, Dan, thank you. No, thank you. That was fun. June, I know you had so another much. story you wanted to say, t- talk about. It was a Harry Potter. Oh, shit. Steve, you didn't remind me of that. Just FYI, um, there, um, Dana Radcliffe, um, and some other, uh, actors. I'm sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> some other actors, they're going to be reading the first Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you live. And, uh, so that's really cool. Um, one of the celebrities is Eddie Redmayne, who plays Newt Scamander. We all know that that is Brian's favorite Harry Potter character. I so. love Newt. <laughs> I love Eddie Redmayne's portrayal of Newt Scamander. I love it. Newt Scamander. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> I like Eddie. I think Eddie Redmayne 
is like I loved him in that uh fucking uh Stephen Hawking movie. Yeah. The theory of everything. Theory of everything. So good. He was so I'm sorry, I kind of giggled there because I remembered um my mashup of Stephen Hawking the human being and Tony Hawk and um just like I remember, I remember that I remember I remember the joke that I made about Stephen Hawking on a skateboard just <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes. yes, that's the last thing. Thank you, Brian, for helping me say that. No, I would like to thank you, Brian, for letting me do this tonight. Um, again, it's been difficult uh, mentally for me the past couple of weeks. I don't know. I just kind of hit a limit. Um, so I will say, everybody, please, you know, reach out for help if you need it. Um, it's it's okay to not feel great during this time. This is not how we're supposed to live. I'm like just, no interaction with people. This is not how we're, like, this is not normal and it's okay to not be okay with that. So reach out for help. And I definitely thank you, Brian, for letting me do this. Cause I really, really needed this. Pick me up. Well, good. I'm glad that it worked. I would just say to whatever you're feeling, hold it all in and hope it goes away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like a real man. Oh my god! Just, just, just bite down on it and hope it goes away. And then maybe, yeah. you know, and maybe, and maybe, one day you won't fucking go nuts and kill mass murder. Maybe you won't. You know what I mean? Yeah, suck it up, pussy. Suck Jesus. it up. Yeah, suck it up, you <laughs> fucking pusshole. <laughs> That was a fucking that was a Christina P joke, man. It was saying about how like guys, especially our age, uh, we're all we're all like emotionally deficient because all of our parents, all our dads especially, have always told us, "You suck it up, pussy, and fucking don't cry." Real men don't cry. I know. All like emotionally repressed. They're all raised by John Wayne. Yes. Oh man, exactly. I bet I bet that fucking guy fucking like he was in the fetal position every night crying like a fucking puss. In the corner of his house. Yeah. He was a, he was a, back and he was a, he was a dancer and anyway. I, and yeah. I, yes, and I guarantee he had like a two inch penis. <laughs> he had like a fucking tiny dick. I guarantee you. Oh my god, you're gonna upset so many people yeah, with that I know. one. You have angered you have angered Oh I'm sorry like if I angered our two inch dick audience. America right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I get it's shit. Like our like 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 I'm getting the downloads now anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's jump off the cliff. I love that you said it. I think it's great. I'm not if you have <sighs> if you have a two inch penis just suck it up, you pussy. <laughs> wow. I'm, du- I'm, du- I'm doubling down, Dan. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Downloads are down. Let's get into this. Hey, Brian, Brian, how many beers are you? So how many beers total? Let's tally up the night. I just had six. Oh. Okay. Yeah, just six for me. Dan? Uh, five for me. Just a casual, casual sipping. I, I don't know if I, if I'm the winner or loser. I, I'm at, I'm on seven. So. Oh shit! I almost. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's... I, know, I but see, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. I, I either lost or I, I could have either lost or won. 
depends how you feel in the morning, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think at the end of the day we're all losers. How about that? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day we're all losers. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got a two-inch penis. Sometimes you. Uh, not even Daniel Radcliffe reading the Sorcerer's Stone can make you feel better when you got a two-inch dick. That, that's like, <laughs> you know, maybe there's a spell for that. Penis Supremo. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Penis. Penis Reparo. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Augur left over. Thank you, June. Thank you, Dan. Let's end this shit. Thank I'm you. Thank you, Brian. Digging myself a hole. Uh, I'm worried about all our small dick listeners out there not coming back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Come on. No, come back next week. Bring your little tiny penis with you. And <laughs> Bring your, bring your little toddler dick and we'll have a good time next week. Uh, and just. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. This is a new, a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many episodes are you on now oh man i don't think it man yeah you're worried about the clns network <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh i wonder if that's going to restrict the content and some of the language that that we're that we've been accustomed to on pop culture leftovers I don't think you have anything to worry about, Chief. Uh, no. <laughs> Dan, June, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys being on. Uh, thanks, dude. <laughs> thank you. And just like all good leftovers saying the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 333, halfway to 666. Halfway to hell. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, halfway. <laughs> the mark of the beast. All right. See you then. See ya. Bye, guys. Love of love. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing.
your leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftover, and the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftover. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, and the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.